figured I would just sit down and just, you know, fuck it. Let's let's do a podcast. Hello? Really? We should do a podcast. Hello? Hey, this would be a great podcast. Let's fun. Let's do it. Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Cliffy? Hello, Cliffy? It's podcast time. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Are you listening? This is episode one. Clippy, it's Grandma Clip Clip. No way. I think it's gonna be terrible. Licky boom boom down. Clip, this is your uncle Clip Clip. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. Terrible. The one and the only. The Jenny Boy. Positivity is for fucking assholes. My little baby boy. Did you write La Poopy? Baby Butter Boy. On one of the sausage sandwiches. Womack style. Hey, Leo. Lindy. This sandwich says La Poopy on it. I love you. What are you trying to serve here? Toggling your balls. Any tips? Toggling your balls. For eating abroad. Uh, toggling his balls. Uh, just below your nipple. Wait a minute. The biggest one yet. Grown ass adults. Toggle your balls. Wearing sports jerseys. Toggling your balls. The road rash book. Fifty shades of gray. Hot and twilight. The biggest one yet. Tremendous talent. Lindy. Oh my god. I got a little getting even to do. It's going to be outrageous. Kindness matters. Your grandmother. La Balena Blanca Bastante. Great Donnell Winslow. With a capable whitefish. Lindy baseball. The whitefish is semen. Lindy. The whitefish is semen. Wheat Fern piss stains. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Knob, New Hampshire. Wheat Arnold P. Quackers. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. <laughs> That's how you get blisters. Fauntleroy Fuckleberry, and of course, Womack style. Anus von Sweets. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Yeah, you got y'all got ratatouille. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Everybody down! Boggle, you balls. We got bigs at three o'clock. The oatmeal tasting booth. Get to your foxholes, goddammit! Boggling your balls. Hello, sixties, my old friend. Boggle, you balls. Baby butter boy. I'm better than a lot of people. The biggest man, the best. And I just want to point that out. You goddamn butter boy, son of a bitch. Cliff, this is Cliff Book 9000. I can't get a fuck on you, son of a bitch. Wouldn't you like an oatmeal taste? Your grandmother just told me the good news. Oh, look up, look down, freak out, freak out, yeah. Helmet mayonnaise. Ever came up with fry yay? The rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. I hate you. And a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. It's partly cloudy. Hashtag blessed. Puzzle, you balls. I call it the Butter Boy Express. Womack style. Ching ching money. My so-called friends. The Womack family holiday spectacular. Happy to pop in and say. You can't you can't shit on ice cream and expect to sell an ice cream alternative. I mean, the sentence ends with, you can't shit on ice cream. Period. Exclamation point. <laughs> you can't, like, all right, context here. Happy Monday. It's Monday. It's November 20, 21. November 21. November is finally old enough to drink. Um, so let's see here. Uh, it's, it's Monday. I'm going to 
give you a big, nice, fun recap of the weekend. But first, I got to tell you, I just heard a commercial. I was listening to Dan Patrick as I was getting uh, getting set here. And by getting set, I mean just taking goofy uh, selfie pictures. Selfie pictures? How fucking old am I? It's just called selfie. It's not ATM machine. Machine. The M in ATM is machine. You don't have to say ATM machine. You don't have to say selfie picture. I think I'm maybe the first person who's ever said selfie picture. Oh, would you mind taking my selfie picture? Well, no, because that would mean that I'm taking your picture. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Birthday Boy Podcast. Happy Monday, November 21st, 2022. Thanksgiving is uh, nearly here. Just a, just a few more days until the turkey slides down the chimney and shits some stuffing into a casserole dish, and we all gather around and pretend that we enjoy it. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've made myself pretty clear on previous podcasts what I think of the Thanksgiving meal. I'm not going to get into it right this second, although I can't guarantee that I won't get into it at some point. Oops, turn down the volume. Um, but that ice cream thing, it was a commercial during the Dan Patrick show. And he was uh, the, the, the guy and the, the, the voice in the commercial, the guy, the announcer, whatever you call him. He said uh, something, something along the lines of ice cream. Ice cream has had its day. And now it's, it's like insinuating that somehow ice cream is like, oh, that's old, old timey. Nobody likes ice cream anymore. Just give me uh fucking juice. And then it's, yeah, ice cream is a thing of the past, whatever he says. And then it's like, and then, okay, hey, I'll admit you got my attention. You have the audacity to speak ill of one of the most delicious, universally loved treats out there. Now, you can, everybody's got their own flavor, and this one thinks that that flavor is disgusting, and this one thinks that that one's delicious. I honestly haven't met a flavor of ice cream that I uh, felt uh, any ill will towards. Uh, rum raisin is probably at the bottom of my list, but I'd still eat it because it's fucking ice cream. Uh, <laughs> so you, okay. You got my attention. You're, you're, you're calling out ice cream for reasons that escape me. And maybe you didn't take your meds today, uh, which reminds me, I got to take my meds today. Um, you got my attention. Ice cream has had its 15 minutes of, well, it's been more than, it didn't say 15 minutes, although it has, it's been a little more than 15 minutes. Uh, but it's, it's something along those lines. I, ice cream is, uh. Ice cream had a good run, but now it's time for ice cream to move aside. It's like, okay, you got, you've hooked me. You have hooked me. I will say, whoever came up with that opening line, I'm now listening. And then the next line just blew all of that to pieces, blew it all to smithereens. What is a smithereen? Is a smithereen actually like, is that actually a thing? Is that just one of those words like, you know, gazillion? That's not actually a word, but people say bajillion, gazillion. Is that one of those silly things that is not actually a word, but the people say it? And then it's so much that you think it's a word. What's a smithereen? 
Like if you blow something up, you're like, oh, like is that is that a process? You know how like you'd you'd melt down, uh, you know, iron ore and then you'd make steel, right? <laughs> whatever, whatever you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not an iron worker, okay? Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm but I'm man, I'm in a great mood. Because of my last day of my last contract, as you know, it was Friday. And I've got two weeks from today begins the new gig. Uh, but I'm not worried about that. I'll worry about that in two weeks. Today, I'm worried about nothing. All right. Anyways, back to this ice cream thing. Yeah. Ice cream has had its time in the sun. And now it's time for ice cream to step aside. Okay. And I'm I'm actually curious. They've got me hooked because I'm thinking, what the fuck is better than ice cream? Like, you know, because I'm thinking, well, okay, pie. And I'm not saying pie is better than ice cream. But pie is one of those things that I would happily, you know, if I went to say, like, hey, what, what do you have for dessert? You got any ice cream? No, but we have pie. Okay. Now, pie a la mode, which is a fancy word for pie, and ice cream at the same time. Uh, <laughs> that's the ideal. So I'm, but I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna say he's gonna he's about to tell me about a dessert that's better than ice cream, unless this is just like a you know like the Got Milk campaign. Unless this is just like the Donut Council of America is about to tell me got donuts, and then I, you know what I would have said, you know what I don't have donuts. I better go get some fucking donuts any way I can, anywhere I can. That reminds me, I have to drive out to the, I got to get out to Brookdale Fruit Farm and get pie. I do need to get pie. But do I get it today? It's Monday. It's three days. And I mean, that pie, A, ain't going to make it till Thanksgiving. And B, even if I could control myself as the pie the freshness of the, you know what? I don't care. I've eaten, I've never, who's ever even thought about pie freshness? Oh, hey, look, there's a pie. How long has it been sitting out? Nobody's ever asked that question. Here's a pie. Let me eat it. I don't care. You know, as long as it's not going to like shatter my teeth when I bite into it, I'm going to eat that pie. Anyway, I do have to get pie though. I don't know what we're doing for Thanksgiving. I don't even know. We're getting, Turkey? Eh. Anyways, uh, back to the thing. What are we? We're almost eight minutes into this, and I haven't even got. So I'm waiting for the dessert. He's going to tell me about something that's better than ice cream. And my first thought is like, okay, donut pie. But like, you're not going to advertise for pie. Nobody's just like advertising for pies. And if you do, like, you don't have to shit on ice cream because pie and ice cream, of course, goes together perfectly. Made for each other. Uh, you know, donuts, like, there's not going to be just, like, an ad for donuts. Dunkin' Donuts doesn't even advertise donuts. They advertise their coffee and their stupid whatever sandwich, breakfast egg bullshit sandwich. So I'm like, okay, all right, you got me. What's going to be better than ice cream? Ice cream has had its time in the sun, and now it's time for ice cream to step aside. Because here's a delicious... <laughs> a delicious yogurt-based gelato. 
made from real milk. I'm like, what? You? Like, have we forgotten the 90s? Have we forgotten the 90s already? And I know maybe these people making the fucking yogurt gelato. At this point, it stands to reason that they might not have even been alive in the 90s. Or they were, you know, little little tykes who didn't know anything back then. If you were around in the 90s, you remember that everybody was going nuts about frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. I remember the grocery store, Price Shopper, had a frozen yogurt bar. You could just go up and it had all the fixins, all the fixins, and you'd choose your little yogurt, and uh, and then they had all the toppings and the sprinkles and the can. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, this is healthy." <laughs> it's just a, it's it's delicious yogurt that tastes just like ice cream, uh, except it didn't taste any fucking thing like ice cream. Uh, but when you put all the candy and the fucking sauce on top of it, yeah, sure. You could you could put that stuff on almost anything, and it's gonna be not that bad. So in the nineties, that was like everybody was going, oh, low fat, you know, TCBY, yo, low fat yogurt, yo, frozen yogurt. I remember going to this every time we went to the goddamn grocery store. I'd walk out of there with a styrofoam cup uh, filled with frozen yogurt and a bunch of candy toppings. And I remember, I remember really, really trying to trick myself into thinking that this was in any way an even an even remotely <laughs> passable alternative to ice cream. It, all it did was just make me want ice cream, like actual ice cream. A perfect treat. Fucking ice cream. And you, because you can get ice cream, you can get any flavor you want, any kind of shit, and you can put any kind of candy on. You, pa, you can just go crazy with ice cream. It's endless what you can do with ice cream. And Stewart's used to have the make your own Sunday. I doubt that they still do. I don't. Maybe they do. And that was the best because you just tell them what the ice cream. Is. First of all, it's the best as a customer because you know how you want your ice cream. You know what you want your ice cream Sunday to look like, taste like. You want exactly the right amounts of whatever hot fudge and caramel and strawberries and the peanut butter and M and M's and sprinkles and nuts and candy and all the bullshit. And as a former employee of Stewart's, I can tell you that that was my favorite request from a co- I loved, I loved any customer who came in and asked, can I, I'd like to get a make your own Sunday. Cause guess what I have to do? Nothing. I scoop some ice cream. You tell me what flavor chocolate. Okay. Here's your big bowl of chocolate ice cream. Go crazy. I don't care. And then that was it. As opposed to the worst two things, the things I hated most were making the milkshakes because everybody's like, not too thick, or extra thick, or uh, I want—I don't want milk. I want the malted milkshake because I'm lactose and I'm like, oh fucking hell! And I gotta put the powder in, and I got milkshakes splattering all over the. And then oh, the worst one was the banana split. I'd like a banana split. I wanted to punch everybody who came in and asked for a banana split. That's worse than frozen yogurt. At least a banana split. You could eat a you you've got you're surrounded by ice cream and all the other fun stuff and whipped cream and well it's but you would be like why would you ruin ice cream with an actual piece of fruit why would you do that what's wrong with people they come in and be like oh I'll have a banana split please and I'm like I'll I'll banana split your lip for asking for a fucking 
stupid thing like that. And then it's the worst for the employee. Make your own Sundays, great. Here's your ice cream. Here you go. Go. Leave me alone. Go do whatever you need to do. I don't care. Banana split is like just exactly has to be just so. It's the three scoops of ice cream. And then you have to get a banana. And you have to cut it down the long way. So it's because you have to split the banana. You know, it has a little look like a, a, a split top uh, hot dog bun, you know. And that's fun too, because there's nothing, there's nothing more fun than cutting a banana down the long way. That's a real fun treat uh, for everybody. And it's like, and then I'm, and then you, I, I would be so mad because I'm cutting a banana for some banana who thinks bananas are like a fun dessert, ruining ice. You're ruining ice cream. You're ruining it. These people. They devote their lives to making delicious ice cream, all the flavors that you could think of. And then you split, you might as well take a shit on the ice cream. How about a turd? How about I take a knife and I'll, I'll cut a poop down the middle? Because that's what you have right now. And I like bananas. Even though they make me gag every time I eat them, I still, it's the only food that routinely makes me gag. I mean, a lot of people gag on bananas. I, I don't just get. I mean, I get like, uh, it's, 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 it looks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and and then I, I'll look over and like my wife will be sitting there and she'll start like, she'll be like, oh my god. Every time, every time I eat a, I try not to eat bananas near anybody. Just in the, I go, I'll lock myself in a broom closet to just eat a banana because of how awful it is for anybody around me. Um, you know, and it's obviously it's at that certain ripeness that makes you gag. I, I like, I like a banana you know, there's just a, there's just a perfect, uh, anyways, who cares about banana? But I, I'll tell you where I don't like my banana is smacked in the middle of a fucking bowl of ice cream. <sighs> I mean, honestly, but it's still, I, I think I'd still rather have that than the fucking frozen yogurt gelato and i like gelato um gelato's good it's also not as good as ice cream but it's very good and you can have i mean there's some really really good gelatos that are just it's uh it can be it can be otherworldly but i still just want ice cream i just want ice cream and so for this fucker to come on this commercial and say move over step aside ice cream it's over for you like, first of all, everybody loves ice cream, so now you're just, like, annoying everybody. Second of all, anyone who says that they like frozen yogurt better than ice cream is either a pathological liar or a fucking idiot. Because there's no universe in which a frozen yogurt anything is better than ice cream. <sighs> So, yeah, delicious dairy-based frozen yogurt gelatos. For, and I don't know what I didn't – I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of listening to the rest of the commercial because I don't want to know. I don't even want to know the company because then they will have won because then even, even in anger, I will have told you what that product is of frozen yogurt gelato. Maybe I've said too much already. Maybe there's only one company that makes frozen yogurt gelato. And uh, so, hey, then in which case, then uh, they're playing chess and I'm playing checkers and they just fucking 
dunked on me in a major sort of way. And, and if that's the case, great. Kudos to you, you fucking gelato, dairy, yogurt, fuckhead idiots. By the way, isn't the whole point? I don't know. I feel like lactose intolerant people, aren't they just locked out of, uh, they're shut out of all of this, aren't they? No ice cream and no yogurt. I mean, it's all dairy. Why wouldn't you, if you're going to say step aside ice cream, it should be something new that nobody's ever seen. You know, like the, like those impossible burgers that I have, I've heard. My wife likes to get the, the like veggie uh, burger, impossible burger kind of thing. And there's been some times where she says, this is really almost as good as the real thing. Keyword, almost. (laughs) I'd rather just have the real thing. I almost enjoyed this burger. (laughs) And the only thing keeping me from that is the fact that it's not a burger. I almost enjoyed this ice cream, aside from the fact that it was yogurt and not ice cream at all. By the way, is the cow like the most magical animal there is? We don't have enough respect for the cow. I just listed all things that come from a cow. Although it's called a hamburger. I, were the hamburgers originally made with ham? Anyway. The cow, the pig. I thank you both. I thank you both. And... I guess thank you to the turkey. Am I supposed to? I mean, I guess it's Thanksgiving, and I'm supposed to be thankful that I have a nice hot plate of turkey. Yeah, it's all good. The wife, the wife knows how to. The wife knows how to cook a bird. I will say, and I'm not much of a bird. Not much of a bird man. And I, you know how I feel about the turkey, but anyway. Uh, it's amazing. The cat. Hey, we, I, I, think about, really, think, you, you've got this animal, this big fucking fat animal. It's cute to look at and delicious to chop up into a million little pieces and eat between two pieces of bread <laughs> or keep the, uh, or the other dairy cow keep that cow alive and have endless look at everything that comes from that and 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 so many like oh my god it's it's kind of crazy if we didn't just imagine if we didn't have any cows on this planet think about that like how how lucky are we to be alive and, and i'm going someplace else with this in a second as I will tell you about my weekend, but how lucky that we are alive because once upon a time there were cows, but there was no ice cream because nobody knew what to do with the cow. I'm sure a lot of dairy cows got chopped up into, you know, caveman burgers (laughs) at the time. I don't know. (laughs) Those cave cows. (laughs) Um, but we are, we are alive after the discovery and the creation of milk. Oh, we didn't discover milk. I mean, the milk's always been inside the cow. We pumped it, you know, 
By the way, think about that. Who was the first guy that said, hey, I'm going to go jack off this cow and then realize like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is delicious. It's refreshing. <laughs> like somebody had to be the first, like if, if, and that's why I'm not, uh, I'm not great for evolution because I would have been like, nope, not doing that. I'm not putting my hand around those things. And then I'm going to just pump away. What happened? By the way, I mean, cows, they need to be pumped. What the hell happened before uh, people were pumping off those cows? Were they just exploding? Like, is that what happened? Would cows just fill? Would they just fill with the milk? They'd create so much milk and then they'd just explode. And one day there's a caveman sitting there in front of one of them cave cows. And the cave cow is just filled, just completely just oversaturated with milk. And then the thing just explodes. And then the, the guy is like, opens his mouth like, oh, ooga booga, what the fuck? And then, well, gets a taste, a mouthful of milk and says, whoa, holy shit. We've been eating ants and bugs. You taste it. Hey, what, what this next cow looks like? This, this, this guy's about to explode. Open your mouth. Ooh, that is good. We should make, we should uh, maybe, maybe pump some of these other cows. There were, what did they have? Was there a cave? There were, there were no cave buckets. When did the, I guess, I mean, I guess even the caveman had to have some, uh, 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 you know, the wherewithal to say, oh, we should get some kind of uh, curved parabolic thing to capture this delicious this delicious white treat but anyway but for for a very long time they had cows and the cows gave milk and the milk uh, you know fed the people and the, and so forth and the other cows you know the baby cows oh that's that's probably it now that i think about it now that i'm actually thinking about it i guess they probably saw oh hey look at the little cows Sucking away, <laughs> just sucking away at the big mama cow. I wonder what that tastes like. And probably it was just like the the village jackass who was like, "Hey, look at me, I'm a cow." Ooga booga. <laughs> it's funny. And then put his mouth around the thing and was like, mm. "Guys, I got to tell you, this started as a joke, but this, the shit that's coming out of this thing ain't no joke. This is fucking delicious. You get get over here. No, put your mouth on this thing. I'm fucking serious. You got I, this was a, it was a gag. It was a goof. I was gonna pretend like look at me. I'm a baby cow, ha. Huh? But I, honestly, like we could drink this shit. It's so good. This is like you, you. This is a game changer, guys. You know, I feel like this is gonna give me. Uh, you know, eventually I'm gonna drink enough of this stuff. It feels like maybe it's good for my bones. Maybe it's even good for my brain. Maybe if we drink enough of this shit, we'll, uh, you know, those those square and triangle-shaped uh, wheels that we have for our carts, maybe we'll come up with an even better version of those. Maybe we'll come up with, like, a, a six-sided wheel or an eight-sided wheel. Or maybe uh, it'll come to me. I just need to drink. I just need to suck more of this cow. That's probably what, what, just like everything, you fall ass backwards into like something incredible, right? 
like Henry Ford was just riding a horse and one day and then he super glued wheels to it and was like, holy shit, look at what we could do here. Don't fact check that. I'm 99% certain that's uh, completely true. <laughs> he, might, he stapled the wheels to the horse. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably what it was. It's probably some like cave dope. You know, one of the kids running around like, hey, look at me. <laughs> I'm going to suck off this here cow. Even in caveman days, like the stupid cave people had southern accents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> look, at my, look at this here. Uh, see all them baby cows over there? <laughs> look at me. I'm a baby cow. <laughs> Whoa, that's good eating. That's good drinking. <laughs> but what did they have? Refrigeration? Did they have freeze? You know, the ice cream, it ain't been around all that long, really. And we're alive at a time. Like our ancestors were alive. You go back. Uh, let's go back a couple thousand years. He, they talk about like Jesus. He did all this, you know, he turned, uh, I don't know. He turned like water into wine and he turned like bananas into fish or something. I don't know. And, uh, and then or, uh, spiders into cheeseburgers. I don't know what he did, but he did like all these things. And it's like fucking guy couldn't even, couldn't even come up with ice cream. He's making wine. Like what's that, what's that going to do for anybody? Like, okay. Hey, cool. The stuff that, that the liquid that we all need to actually survive, you've just turned it into a fucking party booze. And the kids, you know, I've got a, you know, the kids don't need the, okay, thanks. Thank you for turning the water into wine. That's great for the alcoholics. Not so great for the rest of us who actually are fucking dehydrated out here in the desert dickhead i would have been pissed i'm like what the fuck that was my water i need that to live it's all fucking merlot what the hell asshole you could have at least like taken all that horse camel dung and turned it into ice cream that would have been cool strawberry ice cream would be nice right about now but it doesn't exist God, that had to be so frustrating. Jesus running around thinking he's like doing all these favors. Hey, look at me, guys. I'm walking on water. Wow, that's amazing. Can we try? No. Is your name Jesus Christ? Because uh, last I checked, it's not. Let's see. Hey, everybody here. Everybody here named Jesus Christ, son of God, Raise your hand, please. Uh, let's see. Uh, hands up. Oh, it's just me. So guess who gets to walk on water? That's him tap dancing on the water. Like, don't you think? Because he's a he's like a person, right? He had to be kind of a prick sometimes. Because if I'm the only person alive who can walk on water, I I'm gonna honestly be a kind of a dick about it. Like I had a I have a good friend who. Uh, I've only known for about three years, and when I first met her, she was a coworker, and now we're friends. Uh, 
and you know, we went out. The two of us went out, and had a nice, uh, a nice dinner the other night after my, you know, my last week of work. We went and had a, a, a nice dinner. I'll tell you about that. I don't think I've talked about that. I'll tell you about that. Anyway, uh, we're good friends. And three years ago, we we were just just met each other, and I didn't know this person, and she had a a, a like a boot, you know, like a leg boot thing because she. Um, over the holiday, I, it was uh, this job that I just left. I, the first time I started was January of 2020 and we were in this small office together and she was hobbling around in this boot. And of course, I was like, Oh, what happened? Well, you, boy, the, what's, what's doing here? How, what's this all about? She said, Oh, well, <laughs> I was up at Pat's peak, uh, new year's or Chris, whatever, doing some skiing. And I may have had a few drinks and I got off the ski lift too fast or something like that. And she broke her. I don't know what the hell she did. I can't even remember anymore. Tore the ACL. Tore. I broke. I don't know. I don't think it was a break. I think it was a tear. A really bad tear, if I recall. Either way, she was in a boot. And my response was, I got up out of my chair. And I said, I, and she and she was worried because like softball season was coming up and she's gonna miss the softball season. Of course, we didn't know at the time we were gonna miss every season of everything because the pandemic was on the way. But you know, she was uh, like, ah, oh, you know, I love to get out. I like to golf and play softball and sports. Uh, you know, athletic stuff. And now I'm just like stuck in this boot and I can't do anything. And I said, huh, yes, that's the cruel, uh, the cruel irony of the active person. And I stood up and I said, do you know what I do for fun? Nothing. I sit. I love sitting. Even better than sitting, I love lying down. I do a lot of it. I enjoy the couch. I enjoy a good chair. I enjoy a nice bed. And then you know what I started doing? I started, I started hopping back and forth on both of my feet. I'm doing it right now. Like you can't see it, but I'm hopping back and forth. I'm hopping back and forth. And I said, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm lazy and fat and out of shape. But guess which one of us could run a marathon right now? Well, still probably you, even with that boot, because I would die. But the point being, look at me. And I would I, I would just like, I would do like, yeah, knee lifts and skipping and jumping back and forth every chance I got. Because it just seemed, I thought that was fun for me. And, uh, yeah. And she thought I like, wow, you're a real dick. <laughs> so I can tell you with 100% certainty that if I somehow found out that I'm the son of God and I can just walk out onto the ocean and dance around on fucking waves, I'm going to do it or a lake or whatever. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm be like, Hey guys, look at, look at, look at me. I, that's the sound I would be making because that's annoying, right? Ow, fuck. I just, ow, of course. I just kicked something. Uh, what, what is, what the hell is this? God damn, we go off on tangents here on the Birthday Boy podcast. Don't we? Don't we? Uh, <laughs> so... So back to the ice cream thing, though, like even even the goddamn son of God couldn't come up with ice cream. Infinite wisdom and all that and whatever the knowledge. 
And the best he can do is like, look at me, everybody. Oh, I can walk on this lake. Oh, that's cool for you, I guess. Is that, what is that? Uh, is that going to help the village, uh, you know, the drought that we have here? Because, you know, we really could use rain. Uh, that would be, you know, rain would be good, you know, because we're kind of the crops and stuff and the animals and Oh, but at least we got this big supply of water. Oh, wait, that's right. You turned it into wine and you got shit-faced, you fucking asshole. And now you're drunk off the wine that was water. And now you're dancing around on the uh, uh, the fucking disgusting, uh, you know, shit-filled bacteria water that we can't drink. Because filters haven't been invented. The fucking water treatment plant is not going to come around for another, oh, 2,000 years or so. But that's cool, man. You got to have your party. You get to have your wine. You're dancing around on the fucking out in the middle of the fucking lake. Aren't you just the greatest? Thanks. Thank you. <sighs> yeah. Okay. We'll we'll worship you for the next thousand, several thousand years. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever gets you to stop fucking tap dancing on the water and going. That's at least my guess is how that all happened, how that all went down. But the guy couldn't even make ice cream. He couldn't even make a donut. Golly. You know? Like, he could have picked up rocks and been like, you see these rocks? No, you don't. You see chocolate chip cookies and then turn all the rocks into chocolate chip cookies. I would have. That'd be great if that was like, running for political office (laughs) decision 2024 who will be the next christ i'll tell you my opponent here would rather take your healthy necessary drinking water and turn it into booze and have a party where he goes out and dances around in the middle of the ocean he'd rather do that than feed you clothe you not me i'm the christ for all people i'm the people's christ he's turning he's turning water into wine great that's that's fun for an evening i guess but you know what i just did i just turned those i just turned those rocks into chocolate chip cookies yeah those other rocks over there you know what that is big piles of cash yeah there you go cash that's cold hard cash, baby. Cash money. Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> uh dollar dollar bills, yeah. Anyway, um back to the ice cream thing though. This guy's, you know, uh, we are, we are we are here on the universe is vast and endless and it's all a big mystery. Like nobody actually, know, you know, it, 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 to me, I mean, the Big Bang Theory is is the most plausible, but it's also like, well, didn't, didn't something have, like you have to have a beginning to something, right? Like if I take a piece of paper and a pen, I don't have a story i don't have a drawing and then but then when i put the pen to the paper i could have i could have something but the paper came from someplace it came from a tree and the pen came from 
I don't know, uh, like an ink cow or something. I don't. I have no idea. Nobody knows. Another thing that like pens were just here long before any of us, long before the dinosaurs, and we don't question it. We just write with them. Uh but we're, so it's like okay, the Big Bang, like what, like how? That just like a little tiny thing, and then it just can't. It's it's that seems preposterous to me. But it's scientifically based, and I'm not smart enough to fully grasp it because I still believe, like, well, it had something had to start from something. But in order for this something to happen, there had to be something else before that. Like, you just say, like, ah, it all just exploded, and then the fucking planets and everything. Well, that's to me, sounds as silly as that first page of the Bible where God's like, I think I'll make Earth, and I'll make the universe and I'll make the heavens and the seas and the, and the stars and the, and I'll fucking, I'll come up with a whole bunch of scientific laws just to kind of, you know, cover the paper trail, so to speak of my, my fingerprints, keep the mystery going because I work in mysterious ways, as you all know. And then it's also like, well, yeah, if we're, if this is a simulation and we're in like some kind of matrixy type thing, great, fine. But where did but that if we're all like sitting in some fucking pod somewhere hooked up to some bullshit, okay. First of all, it'd be nice if my simulation could have been coded to not fucking want to eat junk food all the time. That would have been helpful. If any developers outside of the matrix are listening, maybe a little update. <laughs> maybe a little Johnny Boy's software update. You write some fucking code that has me not stuffing my face with pie and donuts and ice cream all the time. It'd be super. Anyway, uh, but but guess what? If that's true, if we're in a simulation, then where did that thing that had to come from somewhere? If we're if the Earth is in a galaxy in a universe that is actually. Uh, a crumb on the bottom of somebody's shoe. Well, where did that fucking guy come from? Oh, this goddamn these protein shakes. By the way, if this is a simulation, could somebody code? Uh, do do a little. Uh, you know, put some newer, fancier, nicer code on these protein shakes so they don't fucking leak every goddamn time I open them. I don't know how many times I'm sitting there on the couch and I look down and I just have like beige cafe latte shake all over my my shirt. Mm. God, that is so... It's honestly, it's like the most satisfying. Like I hate coffee, but I get it. People who like coffee, that has to be that first cup of the day, man. I mean, this is that's what this is like. It's just caffeine. Mmm. Caffeine rules everything around me. Get my protein shakes. Dollar dollar bills. Yeah. Oh, there's a fucking soccer game. Is it is it actually pronounced Cutter? Tony Kornheiser would always pronounce it Cutter. It seems like Qatar. I would rather just call it Quatar. But I guess there's it's not Q U, so Cot Qatar. Mr. Qatar. Mr. Qatar. Oh, all right. Anyways, we're we're on this earth and we're like, how lucky are we that we're like, we're, we exist at a time where ice cream has already been invented 
And then you got these scumbags talking about some fucking gelato yogurt. Oh, yeah. Mm. Look out, ice cream. There's a new dessert in town. Yogurt. Gelato yogurt. Yogurt gelato. Uh, no, it is natto. Domo arigato. I don't want your yogurt gelato, Mr. Scato. Ow, fucking jeez, Louise. Uh, so we're, we're on this earth and we have this delicious thing. And then somebody comes along and says, nah, I'm going to make something better. But not really. I'm actually not going to make it better. I'm going to make it kind of similar, uh, just not as good. And uh, I'm going to say that it's a healthy alternative and people will trick themselves into thinking that it's tasty too. And now they're back doing fucking yogurt stuff. And it's like, dude, we did this already. We did this in the 90s. And guess what's still standing? Ice cream! I say as I scream ice cream. You scream, I scream. Yeah, I scream, you scream. We all scream for yogurt. Nope. I scream, you scream. We all scream for gelato. So sorry, no. I scream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. It's maybe the greatest rhyme it's maybe the greatest word play. it's everybody knows it it's simple it's punny and it makes you want ice cream and it makes you appreciate ice cream because we do we all scream i'm screaming for ice cream right now i'm raising my voice because i'm excited about ice cream and it just reminds me that we hopefully still have a bunch of ice cream in the freezer because i need to have some taffy because it's a day off and it's already 11 o'clock. And, uh, oh, yeah, look at that. There's still three things of ice cream. And what's that? Are those ice cream sandwich? Oh, oh, it's cocktail wieners. Oh, still have those. I, I got a nice little Monday ahead of me based on the contents of the freezer. <sighs> I, just, I just smacked my own ass for some reason, if you heard that. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So, we're, and, and that brings me to my next thing is I want to talk about the weekend. Uh, I didn't eat any yogurt or gelato. Um, I will, I will be as cold as ice cream in the cold, cold ground before I willingly go out of my way and select yogurt over ice cream. By the way, tell me where your local TCBY yogurt place is. Yeah, go ahead. Just tell me off the top of your head. No, you don't know? Okay. You know where you go to get ice cream? You sure do. Everybody does. There's any number of places. The grocery store, a gas station, a drugstore, any place that has food that has a freezer, Target, Walmart. And if you're in New England... Endless, endless ice cream shops, local, independent ice cream shops. 
each one better than the next unless you have just gone to Hayward's, in which case there's none better than Hay- that's the best ice cream and it's to me that's it end of story and i love kilwins and i love uh, i mean whatever and all of it uh hayward's is just uh, to me that's in a different league and the fact that when you think about the size of the universe and that we're on this little tiny rock that you know to us is quite large you know it's all relative uh and we exist at a point in time where you can go and get ice cream. We exist at a point in time where look at what we look at everything that we have. Like I, there's people who died, you know, 50 years ago, and they never got to experience the joy of video games and streaming television. <laughs> High-speed internet. Eh, Virtual reality. But I say that because, man, this weekend was really something. Uh, I went out to New York. I went to Ticonderoga. I stayed in a a town called Hague, The Hague. Um, Hague, New York. Driven around there many, 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 many times. And uh, I've driven past this place called the Trout House Village. Driven past it a million times. I talked about this on the on my football picks yesterday, but I'm sure you skipped over that. So <clears throat> the wife and I, I mean, back in the day, we were going to have, we thought about having our wedding. There was a restaurant uh, just uh, up the road from where I stayed. Only a short, uh, you know, I don't know half a mile if even that and it was called the view the view at indian kettles which i still don't know what indian kettles are they're like some hills that look like kettles i I fucking i don't know names of things why the but anyway this restaurant was fantastic we stopped there on a fall drive uh one day back in 2005 and had a phenomenal dinner it was just awesome and, you know, you sit there and you're looking over all the colors and the foliage and the lake. And it was just like, this is uh, this is it right here, man. This is a, you know, and they had at the time, I don't know, whatever football, the Jets or the Giants or whatever was on TV. I think it was a Giants game. And, uh, and it was, you know, all just wood, you know, really nice wood everything as what you would expect a restaurant to look like in the mountains up at you know big fireplace there's like a big wooden sort of boat centerpiece kind of thing in this middle of the restaurant on the floor and just uh, you know the the chandeliers uh, the kind of chandeliers that have like antlers you know that kind of thing right and we loved it and we went back uh at least one or two more times and the last time we were there was uh, October, October of 2006. We went on a fall drive. Uh, the wife and I, she was my fiance at the time, but we were, we were less than a year away. We were planning, starting to the early stages of wedding planning. And uh, my parents, my sister was up from North Carolina. Uh, my grandmother and my wife, girlfriend, fiance at the time, and myself, and we took a nice drive 
up into the mountains and we went to this place, the view Indian kettles and had a wonderful dinner. You know, my sister wasn't able to be with us for Thanksgiving typically. So it was kind of nice. It was almost like we had Thanksgiving cause they had a, they had a sandwich that was like a Thanksgiving sandwich with like Turkey and, you know, cranberry sauce, like in the sandwich. It was really good. Uh, as much as I shit on the Thanksgiving meal, that was a good sandwich. When you can just st- when you can just put it all into one sandwich, that's <laughs> pretty decent. Um, and it was great. And we talked, you know, the, we were talking to the owner and his wife because my parents knew the owner and my uh, one of my best friends, his parents, like he was their financial advisor or financial planner or something like that. And, you know, just went in on this restaurant and a very very good restaurant. And you know, we were talking about weddings and stuff like that. And he gave us a little brochure of all the you know yeah people people get married here all we have we have weddings and wedding receptions here all the time and i thought yeah this would be great the trout house village people could stay there there's other places uh you know all over the lake uh, you know cabin rental there's all all kinds of options uh and then the guy died <laughs> a couple months later he was uh I, I want to say like February, uh, the, the you know two thousand seven, early two thousand seven. I feel like uh, if I recall, he was on a vacation with his wife. They were in Ireland, and I believe he had a heart attack and died. Not a bad way to go. I mean, on vacation in a beautiful country, and you know. Mm. But anyway, uh, so that didn't happen, and then the, and then unfortunately. The restaurant closed, you know, they typically closed for the winter. Uh, so they were, you know, it was the off season. They weren't open anyways, uh, but they just never reopened. And I drove past it, you know, I would always look and it looked, oh, is somebody going to buy this and turn it into a new restaurant or is it, and nothing ever really came of it. And I, I drove past it the other day and it just had a bunch of cars and it's like, I almost think they, did they just turn this into a house? Because it's not, it's certainly, there's no sign. It's not a restaurant. It doesn't look like anything. And if I were to guess, I think these guys, they just said, uh, you know, we'll just sell it. We'll, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll zone this thing uh, residential and you can, uh, yeah, turn it into just a, a residence. And I think people just live there now. And it'd be a lovely place to live. Nice big patio, porch, probably a really nice kitchen. <laughs> uh, anyway. But I was, why was I there? And anyway, this, this, this Trout House Village, we've driven past it. And I'm like, well, I bet that's a nice place to stay. You know, you're right right across from the lake. It's kind of a hill. So all of the cabins seemingly have a, a nice patio or a porch or something, a balcony uh, that looks out on the lake, on Lake George. And uh, and then across, you know, you got across the street to get to the lake, but it's not a terribly busy road. And when you get across the street, there's even a little, it's not a big beach, but there's a little, you know, you get a little beach uh, and, and it's nice. And then I finally stayed there this weekend because I went up to to go to the Star Trek tour uh, in Ticonderoga, um, the set tour that we went to over the summer, which is a really good, uh, any Star Trek fans, you got to go to the set tour. It's really incredible. And... For the real Star Star Trek fans, you uh, William Shatner 
<clears throat> he was there this weekend. He was there back in July. 92 years old. And this guy's still coming to Ticonderoga, New York in the middle of November to spend an entire weekend with Star Trek fans. And obviously, it ain't free. <laughs> um, but it's also very reasonable. I think I paid three something, 350, 370. It was in the threes. And that got me uh, a tour of the set replica. It's a replica of the set. Uh, and they have everything, you know, the captain's quarters, the, uh, the, the bridge, the, the whole thing, the engine room, uh, sick bay. I mean, it's like, it's incredible. The transporter, you can stand and then, well, beat me up, Scotty, and then the tour guide can take your picture. I mean, it was, it's great. Tons of memorabilia, tons of like stuff that, you know, autographs. and It's, it's, it's incredible. And they have people, uh, you know, like Brent Spiner was there a few months ago at the end of the summer and uh, a few other people. I think the guy who plays Q and uh, – Oh, I don't know. A bunch of they they have they're there all the time. There's autographs like Anson Mount has an autograph. He he obviously went there at some point. I think I think sometimes people just like show up. Uh just, you know, like I think George Takei just like showed up there one day and you know, unannounced, but mostly it's like, well, we can make some some bucks off of this, so they come out and they have you know a meet and greet and Q and A and autographs and pictures and the whole the whole deal. And listen, I love I love Star Trek Next Generation. I love Brent Spiner. It would have been cool. Uh, I'm not nerd enough to like talk. You know, I don't know. I I grew up watching Star Trek Next Generation. That was my Star Trek when I was a kid. I every Saturday night with uh, my dad and my mom, like we watched it as a family, Star Trek, the next generation, fucking Jean-Luc Picard, or we'd go over to uncle Pete and aunt Carolyn's for dinner and we'd watch it on a, on a Saturday night or a Sunday night. And, uh, and the, the Star Trek replica set up in Ticonderoga, evidently they bought, uh, they're expanding and they're going to do a replica uh, set tour of, of, of next generation. Uh, so one has to wonder, Oh, could, could there be a time where, uh, Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc himself heads up to Ticonderoga for a weekend to do something similar to, to what Shatner, uh, and, and other folks do. Cause boy, oh boy, that's, that was my first real exposure to Star Trek. So I'm like, and you know, and everybody, everybody loves, uh, everybody loves Patrick Stewart. Nobody just like ice cream. Patrick Stewart is the ice cream of celebrities. Nobody dislikes Patrick Stewart. And if they do, if they're trying to push some fucking yogurt version of Patrick Stewart, mm, oh, excuse me. Well, then that's how you know they're fucking. getting a phone call please tell me it didn't interrupt my okay anyways uh i hate it I'm, I'm, I'm talking on my phone so if i get a phone call sometimes it stops the recording sometimes it doesn't i'm glad it didn't didn't so anyway uh so 
I knew that, uh, I, you know, I kept checking the website and I was like, oh my God, William Shatner is going to be here in November. So I got tickets and they have all these different packages. And the one that I got had everything that I really wanted. I, you know, for $1,500, you could have gotten the Admiral's package, which means that you would have, uh, you would have taken the enterprise, uh, you would have taken the tour of the set, the replicas set, uh, with William Shatner, you know, in, in a small group. And you would have gotten the photo and the autograph and the Q&A and all that stuff. And you would have had, <laughs> it, was like, well, it was like a prime rib dinner at the Elks Lodge or something like that on Saturday. Knights of Columbus, that's it. Uh, yeah. And for I'll tell you, for $1,500, I, gosh, I almost, I almost, I'm like, ugh. This is about as once in a lifetime as it gets. And then I just, I'm like, I can't quite bring myself to do that. Because then I thought, you know, I don't actually know William Shatner. And I don't know if I, if I went on a whole set tour, it would be really interesting to listen to him, tell stories about the show and talk about this and that. And I said to myself, but honestly, I, I'm not that, I love Star Trek. I'm not that interested in little, you know, trivia of like, oh, this one time we were filming this episode and uh, George Takei, uh, uh, George Takei uh, tied my shoelaces together and I've hated him ever since. I mean, well, that would be kind of an interesting story. But um, I, I thought, you know, I, I kind of, he's 92 years old. He's been around forever. He's kept himself relevant forever. This is William Shatner. This is a fucking... A, a living legend and he's outlived everyone i mean george takei is still alive but like everyone else on that show you know any of the the principals on that show they're dead they're gone they're long gone and uh and shatner is not only still around not only 92 but he look i'm looking at the picture now he looks the same as he did when I was watching him on that Rescue 911 show that he hosted back in the 80s. At what a time to be alive then, by the way. You could you had you had uh, nine uh, Rescue 911 or whatever it was called. And then you had Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack and it was, you know, similar but different. But I I loved those shows. I I looked forward to those Unsolved Mysteries, I want to say it was Wednesday night. A anyway, uh, he looks the same as he did. I mean, I remember 1995, Shatner uh, was in Bret Hart's corner on Monday Night Raw, and he, you know, he beat up Jerry Lawler. <laughs> he gave him one of those, like, judo the thing where you put your leg up into the guy's chest and you grab his shoulders and you throw him over, whatever that's called. Uh, the foot, the rolling foot throw. I, I don't know. Uh he looks the same, and he doesn't just look the same. I'm I'm just thinking, you know, 92 years old, a, a lot of men, they lose their timber, right? So if somebody sounded like this when they were in their 40s, they might they might sound a little more like this because they can't, they don't have any bases in their voice. Not Shatner. Shatner sounded exactly like you'd expect him to sound like. He talked like William Shatner because it turns out he is. William Shatner. And he had, yeah, 
bass in his voice and he did the Q&A and he's funny and he's telling jokes and he's telling great stories and he's sharp and he's just like, how is he, how is he 92? He can't be. He's got to be lying about his age. He just has to be. Because there's, it's like, no, you can't be 92. You just can't. I'm sorry. It's not possible. It's not possible, Mr. Sulu. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, so, so I went out there Friday night because we took the set tour back in the summer and Shatner, I think had just been there a, a week or two before that. And the tour guide's telling us about it and everything. I'm like, Oh, that would be fun. And I said, is that it? Is he ever going to come back? And the tour guide said, yeah, he's usually here, um, two, maybe three times a year. I'm like, wow. Okay. So, I mean, realistically then if he keeps that schedule, he's going to be back here sooner than later. And, uh, and he said, yeah, rumors are that he might come back in November sometime. Okay. Well, I'll keep my, I'll keep my peepers peeled. And sure enough, he came back in November. He just came back over this past weekend. I can't, I can't. just talking about, is there anybody like you talk about William Shatner and you can't not do the voice. It's just like if you talk about Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. You cannot talk about, you can't talk about Dusty Rhodes without talking like Dusty Rhodes. Even if you do a bad imitation like me, daddy. Uh, anyways, um, so I said, yeah, I'm going to get the, t-. and I, I, boy, I looked at that Admiral's package and I said, that's a, that's a lot of money. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I said, I, it's, I don't think I'm going to do that. So I did the the lieutenant's package, which still gets you, you get to have the photograph, you get to have the autograph of the photograph, uh, <laughs> you get to go to the Q&A and listen to him tell stories and ask questions, and I desperately, I had my hand up trying to ask questions. My questions were stupid, though. My question was going to be like, what's what's your secret? Like, the secret to your longevity in your career, but also in your life, you know, what is it? And yeah... The easy go-to is like fucking Hollywood, man. Uh, you know, you get to spend your life playing make-believe and getting paid a lot of money to do it. And that's why Tom Cruise is like 60-something and he looks like he could be my son. Because um, I'm not in Hollywood and he is. <laughs> and so I know like that's the answer that everybody could come up with. Just like, yeah, that doesn't hurt, you know. If Shatner was a fucking, uh, you know, bricklayer, yeah, he probably wouldn't be around. He wouldn't be doing Q&As, but he, you know, he'd probably be gone by now. But I wanted to hear him say something, you know, just, I don't know. I just wanted to hear, like, because also, you know, Shatner's not exactly like a skinny mini. Which is why I have such an admiration for him, because I look at Shatner and I say, you know... This this bodes well for, for some of us chubsters because you don't see a lot of old fat guys. And I'm not saying, well, he's not fat. He's not that, you know, I stood a foot away from him. He's, you know, he's, he, again, he's not skinny, but he's not, uh, you know, he's not 400 pounds or anything like that. Uh, but he's not a tall guy. He's fairly short. I only saw him sitting down. But it was pretty evident that he was, you know, probably my height, give or take an inch. 
So, uh, so I, I thought this is, you know, I want to know for me, uh, you know, I'm kind of a, kind of a fat dude. And, uh, boy, if I'm, if I still have 50 years left and even in those 50 years at the age of 92, cause he's exactly, I mean, that's the crazy thing. The dude was eight years older than I am now when I was born. He was already somewhat of a legend before I was even born. And then he proceeded to have 50 more years. You know, he had been around for 15, 20 years doing movies and Broadway. You know, probably a lot of people knew him from a couple of the Twilight Zone episodes. I would have loved to have asked about that. I would have loved to have asked, like, you know, working with Rod Serling, you know, jeez. <laughs> and that's that, that's when I start to regret, like, oh, I should have done the, the Admiral's package because then you could just kind of – it's more conversational. You're taking a tour, but you don't have to sit there with your hand up hoping that he calls on you. You can just converse for $1,500. I think that's fucking quite reasonable. Um, It's just, you know, listen, I'm at a place in my life where I got to make – I got to make $1,500, uh, you know, go farther than that. <laughs> you know, it's $1,500 needs to go in the other direction. I have $1,500, uh, <laughs> but I needed to do other things than get me FaceTime with William Shatner. As much as I know that when I am 92, uh, I will look back and say, oh, why didn't you take the Admiral's package? But you know what? If he comes back next summer or whatever. I'm I'm gonna do the Admiral's package. Let's be honest. If he if he comes back for another one, I'll be there. I don't know. I don't know why I sound like Beetlejuice right now, but I'll tell you what, babe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh boy, I had some taffy. So this might this might be. I, I don't know. It might might go somewhere. I don't know where it's gonna go, but come along with me. Let's keep going here. So I I you know. So I did the lieutenant's package. And so what that was, was I finished up work on Friday. I had fully intended to leave the office because I did uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week. I did go into the office because uh, Wednesday, uh, my friend Kate and I went out and had d- uh, dinner after work, which was really fun, really nice. Um, and then uh, my buddy James asked if I was going to be in the office at all because he's mostly remote. And uh, and I said, yeah, I'll be there Thursday. And he's like, okay, great. I'll come in if you come in. I'm like, yeah, come on in. I'll be here. And and then we decided that was fun. Let's let's do it again Friday, which was great. So I, uh, you know, and then a few other people, uh, my buddy Rex, who I love talking basketball with, he was there. Uh, it was nice. It was a nice end to a to a good uh, almost three-year run at this place you know with some with some hiatuses in between (laughs) doing other things but uh i had intended friday like hey i'm gonna wrap up all my shit and i'm gonna try to be out of here by two o'clock hand in my laptop hand in my badge wave goodbye head out the door uh and then you know get to get to the cabin at a reasonable time uh, so I could, you know, have dinner, unwind, unpack, relax, get to bed, or yeah, that's I, I don't know why I trick myself into thinking these kinds of things are going to happen because what does happen is uh, I left work at 
<laughs> six, I think. No, five thirty. It was five thirty. Um, so that's I figured out the way that I can leave work at five thirty instead of eight thirty, and that's telling myself I'm going to leave it at two because that got me out of there at five thirty. And it's all me. I, you know, there's part of me that didn't want to leave, and yeah, this is it. I'm I'm walking out the door, and you know, uh, it's not to say I won't be back someday. It's quite possible, but it's also. You don't know what the future holds. I may never set foot in that office again, so I really wanted to soak it in. Uh, so I got home around 6, had some dinner. You know, I didn't want to just come home and pack my stuff and head out the door. I did want to come, and I didn't want to leave straight from work and go there because I want to, you know, I'm spending the weekend away from the family. I want to see them <laughs> before I leave them for 48 hours. Uh and so I came home and, you know, spent some time with the wife and the kids and had some dinner, packed my shit and uh, and headed out, drove through Vermont, got to, I think I left around, oh, I don't know, 8.30 or so, 8 o'clock. And I got there around midnight. Um, and so, you know, uh, that was kind of it. I just, I unpacked my shit. Uh <laughs> And pretty much got ready for bed and hopped in bed. And then Saturday morning got up, went to the Star Trek place at 8 a.m. Where you check in and you get your tickets and your ba- uh, your, your wristband. And, uh, and then they show you, you know, the, the updated schedule. And, uh, and, 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 okay, great. So it says, okay, come back at 11 for photo time with Mr. Shatner. I'm like, okay, well, I've got, <laughs> I guess I've got some time to kill. Uh, so I went back to the cabin. I hung out, played some video games, whatever. Took a shower, relaxed, watched a little football. Oh, no, I didn't watch football because it was still morning. Uh, and then I went back and I waited in a very long line out in a very cold uh, north country mountain air. And, uh, you know, met some nice people in line. I mean, my God, I'm just assuming like, I know it's William Shatner, but like Ticonderoga is nowheresville. There's, there's not, I mean, it's, it's up at the top of the fucking universe and it's like, you know, it's just, you know, a little old mountain town. It's nice. It's a touristy area because Lake George is right there and there's Fort Ticonderoga. I mean, there's stuff to do. And this, there's the Star Trek tour in, in a, you know, thing that looks like it used to be like a, I don't know, a Monroe muffler or advanced auto parts or one of the, one of those things. And uh, Ace Hardware Store or something like that, and it's just been repurposed and and turned into this amazing uh, set replica, um, which <laughs> special uh, this Thanksgiving. I'd like to give thanks to uh, the good people at CBS and Paramount uh, for allowing this uh, Star Trek replica set to exist uh, because they could they could just they could shut it down with a snap of a finger. You know, a flip of a switch, so to speak, and say, "Yeah, no, you're, we're not authorizing this anymore." Uh, and they don't do that, and that's great because this, you know, it's nice to have shit like this that's independently owned and operated, even if it's a, you know, a licensed uh, IP. Uh, it's just, it's, it's cool. And by the way, there's, there's plenty of Lucy references too, because you know, really, Lucille Ball is like. Whoever the father of science fiction is, she's the mother of science fiction, because the Star Trek, you know, wouldn't exist without her. And uh, anyway, uh, 
So that's, I mean, then they have pictures of I Love Lucy and uh, I don't know, there's like some set, some little props and things. there's like a tea set and a photo from the episode that, that, you know, just stuff like that. It's like, good. They're, you know, it's good to, uh, good to acknowledge Lucy, good old Lucy. I love Lucy. Um, I like her a lot anyways. And, you know, I, anyway, uh, <laughs> so so, uh, so, so, yeah, so you, you come back and, you know, again, uh, what I was saying is this is Ticonderoga, middle of nowhere, and you're thinking, like, eh, these people are probably from, you know, within uh, maybe a three, four, five-hour drive at the most. Because it's not like it's a Comic-Con or something. It's not like this big, huge thing, you know. And it's not like you're going to a big city that has the infrastructure to support, you know, thousands and thousands of people at one time descending on it. No, it's just, you know, it's a little small town, little sleepy little town. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of let's go Brandon stuff on the, on the sides of people's houses It's very depressing. Um, not just the message, but just like, wow, can you imagine putting something like that, uh, something for a, a politician on the side of your house where you live, where you could choose anything, beautiful lights, decorations, flowers, you know, anything that could make it your own personal touch. And then instead you said, ah, you know what? I'm going to put a bunch of signs uh, for my cult leader uh, all, all over my house. Like, oh, it's frightening and it's depressing and it sucks. But you know what? I'm waiting in line and the people behind, I was talking to the husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever behind me. I said, oh, where, where are you coming from? I was like, oh, uh, you know, not too far. A few hours from here in New Hampshire, uh, you know, greater Boston area. What about you guys? And I'm expecting to hear the name of a town that, you know, near where I grew up. Like, oh, we came in from Wisconsin. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, we flew out, the you know, last night and we're going to fly back tomorrow. And I'm like, holy shit. And it was their four or five year anniversary. So that was nice. Um, and then the guy behind them, we were kind of talking to him and this dude's from California and the guys in front of me were, were a couple of Jersey guys, um, and reminded me so much of, of a very good friend of mine, uh, who is also from Jersey cause they were just, you know, they're just a couple of smart asses and, uh, you know, laughing at all my jokes. And I was like, you know, the one guy is like, uh, he's a ball bearing salesman. He sells ball bearings. <laughs> Which is like, wow, <laughs> it's almost like, oh, is this uh, Del Griffith with, uh, with the shower curtain rings? And I know ball bearings are a very boring part, uh, but necessary part of very interesting things, potentially. But the, the ball bearing itself is not all that exciting. But we were joking about, you know, like, hey, would, would Shatner autograph it? Does it have to be the picture? Would he autograph other things? And uh, we, uh, I was joking, like, yeah, you could bring in some of those ball bearings. And then the other guy said, yeah, <laughs> William Shatner signed my balls. Uh, and, and then they were doing Seinfeld. Oh, I love it when there's a Seinfeld fan. And, you know, because it's it's more like the older crowd now. Like, that's the one thing that I haven't been able to sell my kids on is Seinfeld. And I get it. It's, you know... <sighs> It's one of those things. I was like, "This is the funniest show ever." You would like this, but I get it. 
And but, I mean, because they love South Park and they love Simpsons and they love The Office and Parks and Rec and Sunny in Philadelphia and Curb Your Enthusiasm and all these great, fun, funny shows. Uh, but they <laughs> sometimes I just make them watch Seinfeld. And they, my oldest has said, I am aware that I'm watching something funny and I know it's funny and the jokes are funny, but I, it's just not for me. Okay, fair enough. I do. I I get that. I get it. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so these guys were doing the, you know, we we're talking Seinfeld and it was, it was good, uh, but very cold. And then we get inside and we snake around a little bit and then you step into the, the fucking uh, whatever, the, the captain's chair room. <laughs> I can't. Th- is it the bridge? The fuck is the name of uh, anyways? Uh and there he, it's like it's like, oh my god, that's that's Captain Kirk. It's William fucking Shatner, and he's sitting in the captain's chair. And I'm about to get a photograph with him, and I may never get this opportunity again. So I better make this one count. I better make this the best goddamn picture of me that is in existence. And so Shatner's sitting in the captain's chair, and then you go, and there's two little markers behind him, an X on the left and an X on the right, so on the floor. So you know, if if you're if it's two people, you can both be in the picture, or you just choose stand on the left, stand on the right. And he's a very lovely man because he every time he would take the picture and wait for the next person, he would he would turn around and he'd look you right in the eyes. I mean, he's a pro. He's William fucking Shatner. So he, t- you know, he would swivel the little chair and look you right in the eyes and say, "Hello, hello, thanks for coming, hi," and I would, you know, like, "Hi, hey," and then I walked up there and he kind of turned around. He's like, "Hello," <laughs> it's really, it's just like you almost, it's 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 almost unbelievable. It's like, oh my god. This guy's a legend. This guy's an icon. Everybody, young, old, whatever, everybody knows who he is. Everybody has done an imitation of him. Everybody has seen someone do an imitation of him. He is immortal (laughs) in every possible way. And here he is. And he sounds just like he did in the 60s. He sounds like he always has you know, in the history of him being on our television screens or movie screens or whatever. And just every bit of the, you know, bass and the timber and all that. And he just kind of swivels around. Hello. Hi. Thanks for coming. And then he swivels back around and you stand behind him. And, uh, and if you're like me, you give the most awkward looking pose, uh, in the history of the universe. And then that's it. And and you say, you know, and I that's about all I say. I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, great, thanks. How about you? I'm doing great. All right. Take the picture and I say, thank you. You're welcome. You're quite welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Sulu. No. So anyway, uh, so I uh, realized that because I'm, I maybe it's because I'm. Am I just? We're so used to taking selfies at this point. I don't know because I'm standing behind Shatner, and I'm so. My problem is in pictures now. I have no idea, no idea what I'm supposed to do with my hands and my arms. Where are they supposed to go? 
How are they supposed to be? How do other, and I'm trying to picture like, what do other people look like in photographs? And I can't think of it. And all I can picture is people like with their arms, like doing the robot or something. And every goddamn picture I'm in, I don't know what to do. And I give a thumbs up. I just give a thumbs up because I don't know where else to put my thumb. I don't know where it's supposed to go. It's like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Make a fist and pretend I'm going to like punch William Shatner? I thought, do I do the, you know, the the Vulcan, the live long, and pro, the, you know, the, the two fingers in the middle, the V thing? Uh, do I do that? And I And then I started worrying like, well, wait a minute. Am I supposed to do that sign with my palm facing out or palm facing in? Because I know Vader, Big Van Vader, the man they call Vader, uh, that's what he used to do with both of his hands, you know, because Vader, he'd make the V sign, WWE Hall of Famer, the late, the late great Leon White, a.k.a. Vader. He would make the V sign with his hand and he would, you know, his palm would be facing him. And he's doing both of them, and he's just, you know, as he's kind of running around the ring trying to be intimidating and beastly. And I thought, yeah, I'm just going to stick. It's just going to look like I'm doing gang signs behind William Shatner no matter what. And if I try to do the Vulcan thing, it's going to look like Vader. And I'm going to start going, it's Vader tab. It's Vader tab. Because I don't know what else to do. And I'm an awkward fellow. And uh, an awkward fellow who spends the entire day thinking of something clever to say, thinking, okay, you have roughly five to 10 seconds max <laughs> that you're going to get to interact with William Shatner. And it probably will be the only five to 10 seconds of your life. So say something good. I, I feel like everything I'm saying, I sound like William. So say something good, make it count. Do the best that you can do. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I spent that whole drive out there, four hours in the car, driving through uh, snowy Vermont, snow falling at a rapid pace and up in the mountains and no other signs of life anywhere. And uh, just thinking, like, what am I going to say? What will I say? I've got – this is, like, literally, you know – if you're in sales, you practice that elevator pitch, right? Because if you get on the elevator with a potential customer, a potential client, uh, potential business partner, whatever, and in that elevator, you've got like, you know, 10 to 30 seconds maybe uh, to, to give, you know, to give your pitch, to sell something in that short a time. And so that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, I don't have 30 seconds with the dude though. I've got maybe 10 uh, 15, if I'm really, really lucky or unlucky, <laughs> depending on how, how those things go. Uh, so, so for the photo thing, you know, and in my mind, I'm envisioning like this whole, you know, like when I think of like wrestlers doing autograph sessions, I'm picturing him at like a, you know, just at like a card table or something. And then you get, you get to stop and, you know, you mingle with him for a bit and, you know, does funny things. And I'm, I'm picturing all these potential scenarios that play out that would be really hilarious. And, uh, and of course, none of that is, is the reality. So I get up there and there's William Shatner. Hi, hi, hey, great to see you. And, uh, I get behind him and I'm like, I'm not, I can't do the Vader time thing because I'm going to do it wrong. So, I, and I'm just like, where do my arms 
I'm like, my arms are frozen. Where do I put them? Must find place for hands. Time running out. And so I just, uh, that was not supposed to be William Shatner, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Time running out. Not much longer till arms fall off. Must figure out where to put them. So I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, and then I, st- and then I just start to like slowly raise my hand. I just start to slowly raise as I'm giving a thumbs up and I'm not even, but I'm, I'm only thinking of my right thumb and I'm like, I don't know what to do with my left thumb. And I'll tell you one thing I really wasn't thinking, uh, was, Hey, I should like look at the camera and smile or so. I, I feel like everything is. I should look at the camera and smile. Give it your biggest, brightest, best, your best shot. This is our one chance. This op- yeah, if Shatner did a spoken word Eminem, this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Lose yourself in the music, the moment. You own it. You'll never let it go. You've got one shot. Do not. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I think I it, it was about five seconds. And he said, hello. I said, hey, how you doing? Great, thanks. And uh, they took the picture. I thought I gave, I was just thinking, okay, thumbs up, thumbs up. And, uh. And then they said, okay, I guess we'll just, and I walked and the guy's like, yep, we got it. And I'm like, okay. And I said, thank you. And then I left. And then I, I went across the street to, uh, to a diner, uh, cause I was very hungry and <laughs> I got to work up an appetite <laughs> waiting in a line. Um, meanwhile, Shatner is spending his entire weekend doing this nonstop from sun up until way past sundown. And he's just like, okay. I'm like, okay. I don't stand a chance because I I have uh, I, I have one ninety second of his energy, and he uh, yeah I'm doomed. Um, so I left. I went across the street to this lovely little diner. It's got you know the retro. It looks like what you'd think of like an old kind of uh, a little more uh authentic Johnny Rockets basically without all the gimmicky shit just like the real thing like i think this was a 50s diner because it's been here since the 50s <laughs> and as i'm walking in some guy with elvis hair like a total elvis haircut and the mutton chops and a white t-shirt walked past me and then i started thinking like yeah this could actually be a simulation is it a glitch like is William Shatner long dead and I'm just like this is this like there's a there's some kind of I don't know there's some kind of wormhole to the 60s and like Elvis is is at the cafe across it was just it's very strange but anyway uh and I had to sit at the counter which was fine because it was just me dining by myself and I was more than happy to sit at the counter and not waste precious table real estate uh, at a booth or something. So <laughs> there was a, what I believe was a mother or daughter maybe ahead of me. And I know I, I told this on the NFL picks, but you probably didn't hear it because who the hell is listening to that? Uh, <laughs> who the hell is listening to that? So 
they get seated first because they're ahead of me in line. And the, the, the hostess, the lady, waitress, she was doing everything. Seats them at the, you know, to take a seat anywhere at the counter. And I said, okay, all right, well, I'll be sitting near them probably. And then she said the same to me. And I sat two seats away from the mother-daughter uh, and, uh, and sat next to, you know, some other guy. And so I'm sitting there and I, I order a root beer. And they bring me a glass with the liquid in it that is kind of brownish like root beer. And I took a sip and I said, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what this is, but it ain't root beer. I don't know. It's not even anything. I don't even know what I'm tasting right now. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is bad. But I also like they're so busy. And I'm just like, it's uh, whatever. I'm just not going to drink anything. I'll ask for an ice water and call it a day. And the lovely lady uh, who was working everywhere, everything. And by the way, the surliest, nastiest person in the whole place was the lady working at the cash register. It was her, her only, she didn't have to do anything else except work the register. And she, you would think that, uh, you know, that they had her like shoveling coal into the furnace or something. She was like... Yes, what can I do for you? Like, well, what do you think you can do for me? What is your one job? It's to cash people out? Huh. And here I am holding some cash in my hand. Uh, you want to play a guessing game as to what you can do for me? <sighs> so anyway, uh, but this lovely lady took my order. I ordered a BLT and curly fries. And then she said, what are you drinking? And I said, it's root beer. And I kind of chuckled. And she's like, yeah. She's like, that's... I don't know what that is. She's like, that's awfully light light brown to be root beer. And I said, yeah, I don't disagree. It also tastes nothing like root beer. And she said, let me go find you a fresh root beer from the basement. And I'm like, ooh, basement root beer. Because it was fountain root beer. And, you know, the it was mostly just water. Uh, maybe there was some remnants of root beer in there. I don't know. But uh, she came back and couldn't find me a root beer. So she got me a ginger ale. And the ginger ale tasted perfect. It was delicious. The BLT was honestly amazing. The curly fries were unbelievable. It was like, God, I love I love when this happens. I love just going into, because those are the best restaurants. They're not the ones that everybody's saying, oh, it's the best, it's the best. They're just the one that's just like there, like right in front of you. And it's the best because you're hungry. And also, you know nothing about it. And nobody's raving about it. And it's not this, it's not that. You know nothing. And so it's going to be delicious because you have no expert. You just don't, I'm like, whatever, I'll get what I get. And also you're used to New England diner food. Uh, and New England food is just not even, I, I don't know, man. Uh, biased, I guess. But New York is the best place to go for food <laughs> in the country as far as I'm concerned. Because you'd have to, the whole state, you'd have to factor in New York City. And then the rest of New York. And that's why I say if I don't think there's any better state of the 50 United States for food than the state of New York. Anyway, so god damn fuck. Am I getting am I getting electroshocked from this chair every time I stand up? <sighs> uh, so uh, but the BLT, it was like toasted perfectly. The fries were unbelievably good. And I scarfed it all down. But while I was waiting for my food and I sat there perusing the menu, uh, out of the corner of my eye, 
the the young lady who was with her mother, presumably, uh, just let out a humongous sneeze. And she didn't cover her mouth. She didn't cover her nose. She didn't cover anything. She just sneezed out into the open. Luckily, I only had the menu, and I hadn't gotten my food yet. And in any other scenario, I honestly would have just, that sneeze, that uncovered sneeze, I would have gotten up and left. But the, I don't know how to say, she, she, she was the daughter. Um, I I don't know if she's like a slow adult, but there was something going at, she was definitely not going at the speeds that uh, other other people around her, including myself, were going at, if that makes any sense. Uh, so I didn't want to just get up and leave because then it looks like, oh, that looks so bad. It almost looks like what it's like a hate crime. Like I won't eat, uh, next to slow adults. Like, of course I will. Uh, I just don't want anybody sneezing in a restaurant. And if you do have to sneeze, fucking cover your goddamn face, will you? Holy Jesus. No. So, and the only reason I mention this is because she sneezed and I just froze. I was just staring at the menu and I'm like, I can't, I don't know what to do. I can't look. I was, a, I was as frozen as I was in my picture with William Shatner where I didn't know what to do with my hand and I gave a quasi thumbs up and I didn't know what to do with my other hand. And then I forgot that I had to figure out something with my face. And so I didn't do anything well. Um, and this is kind of what it was like again. Like I'm just frozen sitting there like, oh my God. Like the longer I sit here, the more snot particles are just crashing right into Mount Johnny. <sighs> but again, slow adult. I'm not going to. It seems so horrible if I just got up and left. Because then, you know, I don't want I feel bad for things that they can't, you know, somebody can't control. And I don't want the mom to feel bad. It's like, I'll stay, I'll stay. And all, and the, the mother must have said something to her. Because all of a sudden she goes, what am I supposed to do? I got to sneeze somewhere. I, I, I got to sneeze. If I have to sneeze, I have to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. What, what? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? What else am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is fun. This is nice. We're all having a good time, right? You're having a good... We're all having fun sneezing and screaming. and Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, and then I didn't... All was forgotten when I got my BLT and my French fries, my curly fries. So I, uh, that was nice. And Jesus, like, the whole thing was like $14. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Where I come from, a glass of tap water costs $14. I just had my whole meal, a big soda, French fries, a big sandwich, pickle uh, for $14. Oh, my God. So I was deliciously stuffed, and I headed back, and I just I had a few hours, and I rested, and I played some video games. You know, I got this Steam Deck with, like, I've got like Cyberpunk and, I, and I've got Red Dead 2 and I've got uh, Elden Ring and I, all these games. And then I just play Turtles arcade game from 1980, whatever. <laughs> 89, 88, 87, whatever it was. Um, yeah, so so I played, I played those games. I watched some football. I relaxed. 
And then I, uh, and then I got up and I went back at uh, four o'clock or so, uh, to the high school, Ticonderoga high school, which has no parking on the, on the campus itself. I mean, some, but not, not enough. And, uh, but plenty of, plenty of street parking. So I parked not too far away. I parked behind, I parked behind a lovely truck, uh, that had uh, LGBT on it, uh, which was, um, uh, Liberty, uh, guns, LGBT, uh, beer and Trump, Liberty guns, beer, Trump. Like, oh man, why? Well, you must be fun at parties. Oh yeah. Hey, I brought the beer. Who brought the liberty? Yeah. Who brought your guns? We all did. And there's Trump. And then what are they like? Obviously, Trump's not going to be there. But what do they just start like bowing, praying at the altar of a, like a big like pumpkin with an orange or a yellow hay on top of it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> with two like. Uh, like wax lips anyway uh yeah this taffy's hitting me by the way so if you're wondering (laughs) that's what's up um so uh we did the q a it was in the it was in like the school auditorium and i walked in the door and the first thing that was there was the table with all of the photos printed up from the photo thing or from earlier and I said, oh, are we just allowed to grab our photos and then bring them to the autograph thing? Like, yep, just find find your photo. And you. And I said, okay, this is it. And I grabbed it and picked it up. And I said, oh, please be good. Please be a good photo. And uh, and I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, my thumb. My thumb's not even up. It, my thumb is pointing towards the camera. Like if if water shot out of the tip of my thumb, it would have hit the cameraman. That's, that's the angle that my thumb is at. Like, it honestly looks like, uh, honestly, it looks like I might be like William Shatner's proctologist or something. Cause that's what they do, right? Proctologists stick their thumbs up their patient's ass. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. My friends, (laughs) So my thumb is uh, not even up. It just, <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. It looks like I'm hitchhiking maybe. Uh, my arms are so like stiff and awkward and just like out to the side. Like it looks, it looks like I'm getting ready to, you know, like stop a running back, uh, you know, in the, in the red zone or something like that. And, uh, and then my face is looking at the camera and it, I have an expression that like I'm trying to I'm trying to replicate it now looking in the mirror. I, I can't even yeah, I can't duplicate it. It's the silliest fuck. It looks like I'm trying to get to a smile, but I've I've it's too late. I spent so much time getting my thumb where it needed to be or not at all that I didn't think about the smile. And then as it finally, and this is all in a millisecond as the, as the, the synapses fire and I say, Oh, smile, you idiot. And I'm just like, this picture is literally taken in the split second that my mind was saying, Hey, stupid smile, jackass. 
it's it's me uh like waking up to that point but it's too late and shatter looks like a million bucks i mean he's his his skin is so smooth and i think to myself well you know that's all hollywood makeup and obviously you know whatever that's all hollywood stuff and anytime i see him is what He's in a TV show. He's on a talk show. He's in something that would have had him sit through uh, not just hair and makeup, but also have just the right lighting and everything else, uh, you know, so he he looks as, as young as he looks. Except I'm standing there in front of him in person, and I say, that's just how he looks. It's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it, it's like, Seeing him up close in person is like, you, you look and sound exactly as you do. That's not, that's uh, not special effects. You really just look that good and you sound great and everything's like firing on all cylinders. It's unbelievable. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was, uh, I got to take my photo and I said, okay. And I have, uh, he's going to sign this. Yep. Okay, cool. And then I found my way to the to the auditorium for the Q and A. Shatner live, <laughs> and uh, I stood up in the back because there were plenty of seats. But it would, I just like I don't want to be so close to these people, and so, uh, so I, I stood in the back and I had I had changed uh, into uh, more of like a reddish pinkish kind of shirt i don't know the what you would call the color it's the color of like 80 percent of my shirts and uh but it sticks out it's a bright you know so i kept putting my hand up and jumping up and down to try and get him to call on me for a question and uh yeah because i was gonna ask what's the secret bro what's the secret of your immortality and uh didn't get the chance uh but that's okay because some you know, other lucky bastards got called on. And some of them had the stupidest fucking questions. Like, uh, what's your favorite Star Trek episode? What? You you came all this way, you paid all this money to find... You could... I'm sure you could Google that, and there's a million things. Also, it's kind of well-known, like, he didn't... He was on the show, but he's not necessarily, like... Uh, a super fan who and he and he even said in this talk he hasn't seen all the episodes. And that's when I said, "Shit, I I do have a lot in common with this guy because I haven't either." <laughs> Anyways, here's his response, William Shatner's response when asked, "What is your favorite Star Trek episode?" I've never been asked that question. <laughs> Before I answer, let me tell you that it's been asked a number of times, but never left the story I'm going to tell. And he proceeds to tell a story about the time that he he got to meet Stephen Hawking. And it was an interview. He was interviewing, Shatner was interviewing Hawking. And uh, and then they were prepping him, you know, because he has the, the computer chair thing. And so... He has to, you know, he has to see the questions first so that he can answer them and, you know, type them in so that he's got the, he's got the answer queued up and whatnot. Uh, so they don't waste time, you know, 
getting the answers ready. Uh, but he had a request, which was that he could ask one question to William Shatner. Shatner said, yeah, of course. Of course he can. And uh, and that was the question. He was, as Shatner talked about how he was expecting, like, wow, the, one of the, the great minds of all time, and I get to talk to him, and he's going to ask me a question. And he's getting prepared with all these, you know, just thinking about physics and whatever. And uh, and the question was, what is your favorite Star Trek episode? And Shatner said, you know, I gave a, a blah, blah, blah response. and uh, But he couldn't believe because he's been asked so many times. And then he's talking to Stephen Hawking. And then that's his question. What's your favorite episode? Well, shit. Here's a little, here's a little excerpt. In addition to that, I would like to ask. Shatner, a question. Oh, Dr. Stephen Hawking wants to ask me a question. I guess it's about whether I think black holes exist. Or maybe it's about time. I know a great deal about question of time. I'm sure it's some. So I get to his house and they wheel him in. They, they, he's, he's there in a wheelchair. There. And I'm here. And I said, uh, ask him the question. I'm able to read the questions on the cue cards there, so I ask him the exact question, and he goes like that, and the answer comes up, and he gives me an erudite answer to the question. I forgot the question I asked him, and then we're good. And it's uh, basically the, you know, Dr. Hawking, you wanted to ask me a question. You can't not, yeah. What's your question, Dr. so much storage on this uh, phone there shatner let's move move the proceedings along i want to ask questions uh oh this taffy is taking uh more of a taffy toll than i thought it would take 
So yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff like that. He talked about his albums and you know, just good. One woman asked about his horse, horses or something, and I'm like, oh yeah, he does horse stuff, and I'm 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 probably the least interested person on the planet in horses that's the sentence that i put together in my brain and i'm sorry that it came out sounding <laughs> that way uh but i i have just no interest i, I want to i don't want to hear about william shatner's horse i want to hear about william shatner and of course the story that he told is about the horse but it's really about him and he was talking about how they you know they uh, one of the horses that he owned you know they were gonna they were gonna you know have it breed and all that stuff and because it was just a magnificent stallion uh, his name was like sultan of the day or something like that i don't know i'm sorry to laugh but uh he uh you know so the horse wanted to fuck everything that moved and they had to they had to calm it down and they had to sedate him or something and 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 the doctor, you know, was there and injected the horse so that he, you know, kind of slumped over to the ground and just took it easy and wasn't going around, the, you know, raping the other horses. And uh, and Shatner, you know, was talking about how how he felt terrible because this is a horse. That's this isn't, you know, his purpose isn't to be, uh, you know, breeding and this and that. His purpose is to be a horse. And uh, and you know, Shatner, he said, so I stopped and I. I looked down and I said, what have I done? What have I done? And I'm making fun of it. It's very, <laughs> it's, I, people were there like, like crying. Like it's, I'm like, it's okay. I guess I'm like, I'm like Ralph from Sopranos. What's the big deal, Tony? It's just a fucking horse. She wasn't a horse. She was my friend. I don't think that's what he said. Whatever he said. He's a beautiful creature. I can't do Tony Soprano. I wish I could. Uncle Joan. Nah, never mind. I'll never do Tony Soprano again. Don't worry. She was a majestic creature. I don't know what the fuck. Remember that? And then he killed Ralphie with the bowling ball. Oh, my God. Uh, what was I talking about? horse yeah so shatner's you know people it was sad it was it was sad it's sad it was sad but i just i didn't i don't want to hear about william i don't want to hear about william shatner's horse i want to hear about william shatner man uh <laughs> but he took a lot of time telling the horse story and it was a good one but uh what else do i have here let's see Anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I just recorded random stuff here and there. Because the mayor could kick the horse and uh, get him in a really bad spot. And you don't want that to happen because a horse, you know, that's a valuable animal. Yeah, that's, this is obviously talking about the horse. So, you got kicking chains, pawn chains, and those poles. And still, this particular horse wants to get at whatever's passing by. 
So one day, now this is several years later, I come to Kentucky and they've swallowed his stall in, in uh, a blanket. He can't see out. Why did he can't see out? Why did Because he's still kicking, he's still pawing, he's still trying to bite himself. Everything because my research kind of cut down his, his uh, perceptions. And I'm looking at the stall and I realize what I've done. I've taken this beautiful animal that I was in love with and I've put it in solitary confinement. Horses are bred to be in herds. The stallion is the, is the protector of the herd. He runs up and down, he guides the mares, he, 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 he inseminates the mares, he kills any of the, of, the, of the predators coming in. He's a force of nature. That's what he's meant to be. And we've taken all that away from him. Oh, no, I didn't get the pot. Damn it. What is it? Disillusion. Uh, well, I guess I didn't get the final two seconds of that, but that's when he, and I looked down at my hands and I said, what have I done? What have I done? Okay, he, didn't, he didn't say that. But that was sad. It was, I mean, it is true. It's like, that's why I think the whole horse racing you know, ownership of horses like that kind of, you know, I, I get having them, you know, if you're on a ranch or a farm or whatever, you need them. Uh, I get it. You tame wild horses and you, you know, you ride things, whatever you need to do. Uh, so, yeah, so the whole like, let's, uh, let's travel around in this little box on the highway with your tail sticking out. And we'll travel all over the place so you can just run really fast in a circle with a little guy whipping you. And you'll, uh, and when you're not doing that, you'll be training for that. And, and, then, we'll, uh, and then we'll blindfold you and uh, tie you to some posts so you can't uh, be a crazy sex machine with all the other horses, even though you're there. So it's like, you know, I get that Shatner's sad about it. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, don't own horses, dude. <coughs> excuse me but uh so but it was sad though and uh, and he did and he that's when he really he's like what have i done what have i done uh let's see what else do i have uh, i had been in movies big movies and i had been on broadway three four times i had been uh, in classical theater, I had been in movies and television and radio. In fact, my success uh, in my early success in the United States was because I started performing when I was six years old and I had all this Canadian experience. I had been in movies in Canada, I had been in live television, I had been for years in the theater for three years uh, at Stratford, Ontario, uh, the, the, apparently the greatest uh, classical company in North America. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah, I did. I, st I was like, this is, where is this going? Let's see. 
Africa. Oh, this was him trying to open a bottle. I thought that was worth taping. All right, anyway, there's a lot of stuff in here, and he tells funny stories about when he was on Johnny Carson doing Mr. Tambourine Man. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Anyway, this is actually pretty funny here. It's really funny because Shatner's like, yeah, he mouths, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a funny story. It was good. And of course, that was the end of that album. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. I'll tell you what I can't believe. Uh, there was a fan in the audience who got called on for a question. And again, I didn't get called on. I was in a bright shirt jumping up and down in the back of the auditorium. But I was I was way in the back, and I'm sure it was hard for him to see back there. <clears throat> 92 or not, I mean, your eyes can only, <coughs> you know, that can only see so far. So, but also, he never looked to my side of the auditorium. He only looked to, to his right, which was the opposite side of, that I was on. So I knew I wasn't, there didn't stand a chance of getting called on. I had quite, I mean... First of all, somebody stood up and asked him a question about Boston Legal, but they referred to it as that lawyer show you were on. And it wasn't, I don't even remember what the hell the question was. I think, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. I just couldn't get over the fact that somebody who didn't even know the name of Boston Legal got to ask a question. And I said, all right, well, you know, not everybody's here because of Boston Legal, even though it's a great show. Uh, but my question was going to be the one that I mentioned earlier. Hey, what's the secret? How do you stay, you know, all the, you know, what's your, what's your secret in your career in life uh, for longevity for both? And then I was going to ask, and also real quick, could you just do a, uh, Denny Crane and, you know, point to yourself and do the Denny Crane thing. That's what I was going to ask. Cause I figured somebody already asked something with Boston legal and they didn't even know the name. I thought this will be cute. I'll be like, and also, can you say Denny Crane from that uh, lawyer show that you were on? <clears throat> and everybody would laugh, and he would laugh, and he'd he'd be like, "Why you seem fantastic? Why don't you come on up here, and we'll do this together?" That's what I fully expected would happen. <laughs> um, and the only reason it didn't because he didn't call on me. That's it. Otherwise, it would have absolutely happened. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So. Uh, yeah, some kid, some dude's like uh, uh, the the lawyer show that you were on. He's like, he's like, you don't even know the name of the show, and you're asking me a question about big laugh, you know? Yeah, and then he asked this question. I don't remember what it was. Uh, okay, that's fine because it's not like a you know, this is mostly a Star Trek crowd. He's doing the Star Trek tour, so I get it. You're not going to have a bunch of Boston legal fans, but you would think you have a bunch of Star Trek fans. And you do, except this one woman stood up, and she starts out with, I have a very interesting question for you. And <laughs> you, you, can hear, you can hear people's eyes rolling in the back of their head. 
And Shatner's like, oh, a very interesting question. Oh, you know, and he's he, he gets it. He knows she's an idiot. <laughs> and he knows he knows more than probably better than anyone that anytime somebody says, I have an interesting question for you, it is it is followed by an interesting question, I think probably about zero percent of the time. So she stood up and said, I have an interesting question. And that's how you knew it was going to be a very uninteresting question. And she asked, it's just, it's one of those questions that's not even a question. It's so open-ended that you're going to get nut. And that's the thing too. I had like specific shit. I'm like, hey, the uh, the laughing gas episode of Fresh Prince where you and Carlton and Will were all uncontrollably laughing at the dentist's office. Uh, what was that like? Did Will Smith slap you? Are you taller than Alfonso Ribeiro? Because I'm trying to figure out where I stand on the short guy Hollywood spectrum. Uh, you know, questions like that. I was going to ask, hey, back in January of 1995, uh, <clears throat> when you would have been 65 years old, um, I, I wanted to ask, like, you know, what was it like working with Bret Hart? And Jerry the King Lawler, what, uh, you know, you have any WWE stories, you know, what was, you know, what was that experience like? I just, something different, right? As opposed to, like, what's your favorite Star Trek episode? Can you tell me about what it's like to have, be a, a horse owner? <laughs> um, <clears throat> that was not supposed to sound like a horse neighing, it just kind of did. A little bit. A little bit, perhaps. Uh, anyways, so so she asks, how did Star Trek make you? How did Star Trek make William Shatner? And how did William Shatner make Star Trek? And it's like, that is the stupidest question. That's even dumber than the horse question. Let's Can we go back to the horse question, lady? Because I'd frankly rather hear more about the stupid horse than whatever can the answer he's got for this interesting question that you've just said but that's not all i i'm quoting this i'm quoting this incorrectly uh because she did not say star trek she said star track like what i called it when i was five and didn't know what a trek was but i knew what a track was and i figured oh the spaceships just fly around on tracks out in space and i knew from space balls like let's make space tracks so i thought it was like oh it's a star track uh but you wouldn't expect somebody who's basically at a william shatner convention <clears throat> which is essentially it's a almost you might as well call it a star trek convention because there's a guy in front of me with the fucking spock ears looking like a jackass and the grown men from New Jersey, the ball bearing salesmen who were doing, you know, we were all talking about Seinfeld and this other stuff. And then he took off his shirt to reveal they were both wearing fucking Star Trek shirts. And I thought, oh my God. And, uh, you know, I thought as a joke, I would dress up like Chewbacca. I thought that would have been hilarious. Uh, but then I, but you know what I really thought at the end of the day? William Shatner is 92. William Shatner has done. 57 bazillion of these things. William Shatner has been asked every question, every cute little comment, every stupid little remark that somebody thinks he's never heard before. Uh, he's heard it all. So why would I, you know, I'm, 
I was after the Q and A. I'm waiting in line for the autograph, and the woman behind me is like, "I know what I'm going to say to him. Oh, what, what's that? May the force be with you." And they're all like, <laughs> and then the and then one woman was like, uh, "You know, that's from Star Wars, not Star Trek. It's it's a different <laughs> it's a different thing altogether." And and the, and the other guy's like, yeah, it's it's not even the same. Th-. And she's like, yeah, that's the joke. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Uh, so <laughs> I, I I told yeah I told I told the wife I should have next time I'm gonna go dressed as Han Solo. <laughs> oh man. Um. Mm. What was I saying? Yeah, so, okay, so the Q&A, um, we'll get to the autograph thing in a sec, but the Q&A, uh, yeah, so she asked, she's like, how did Star, when you were on Star, and she said Star Trek like 15 times, and every time she said it, he would say it back, and he would, you know, she would ask the question, she's like, how did, how did Star Trek in your years of filming Star Trek, and he'd be like, yes, in my years of filming Star Trek, She'd be like, yes, how did Star Trek make William Shatner? He's like, You're asking, how did Star Trek make William Shatner? Yes, how did Star Trek make William Shatner? And how did William Shatner make Star Trek? How did, how did Star Trek make me? And how did I make Star Trek? Oh, that is the most interesting question I've ever heard. Why don't you come on up here on stage with me? We'll do this together. Uh, I don't remember what he said. It's something that you could like probably read on the back of the book jacket for one of his autobiographies. Like how did how did Star Trek make you? What do you think it made him? It made him a fucking millionaire. It made him famous for life. He didn't have to do another anything ever, and he'd be able to cash in on these Star Trek things anytime he wants. Uh, so that was, I think that was the last question. And somebody asked him about the music and stuff and the Kennedy Center honors and, uh, Shatner. Uh, yeah. And this guy has like, this guy's like, and so nobody can hear it and let alone Shatner. And so he's like, Shatner's like, so you were there at the Kennedy Center honors. You heard me sing and you did what, what, what were your thoughts? And I was like, I thought, uh, it was, uh, he said, he said, you were, you were astounding. I was astounded. I was astounded by how great it was. And Shatner couldn't hear. He's like, he's like, what was that word? And everybody was laughing because they thought like, you know, Shatner was just being kind of, you know, doing the cocky thing. Oh, what was that again? I was, I was astounding. Uh, and the guy kept saying, he's like, astounding. And Shatner's like, what? Uh, sounding. I'm sounding. What am I sounding like? And he's like, no, astounding. A, 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 sounding. What sound? Sound? What's astound? Astound? Astounding. Astounding. Oh, you were astounded. Ah, yes. It's like, oh, my God. Ah, I could have been asking my hard-hitting questions. So anyway, that ended. It was really good. He's really funny. Um, he's got tons to say. I mean, my God. Uh, so we finished that and uh, and then went down to the gymnasium and, and queued up for the autograph of our of our photo. And that's when the people behind me were like, I'm going to say, may the force be with you. <laughs> and then the one guy was like, oh, I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, uh, 
uh, Mr. Shatner, could you, uh, you know, what the what the autograph was going to say? Uh, please write, uh, dear, dear Steve. Uh, thanks for help. Thanks for the alimony payment. Love Will or something. Love Bill or something like that. And everybody's like, uh, you know, hooting and hollering and thinking. I'm like that. I'm like, you think that's like a charming fucking thing to mention? And he's like, hey, here's what, I, Mr. Shatner, could you make it up to, dear, dear Steve? Uh, thank you for. Uh, Thank you for going, putting this towards my my fifth uh, my next wife uh, alimony or something like that. Like, oh, are you? F- so this is your your big plan to, to charm the pants off of William Shatner is to just continuously reference like his you know multiple failed marriages and divorces and things like that. Like, you know, maybe 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 that's not the the approach that you take. And then the one guy's like, he's like, hey. I guarantee you, Shatner will invite you to go on the prime rib dinner for the Admirals Club if you if you say this to him. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, d- uh, please write, uh, Mr. Shatner. Could you please make it out to uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, dear Jimmy? Uh, th- thank you for the fifth house." It's like, why are all your? It's the same joke. You're just doing it differently. Alimony. How you're you're you want William Shatner? to sign a picture, a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and basically just the joke is, hey, thanks for the money. Like, what the fuck? He's giving you some stuff, too. It's not, you know, I mean, Jesus. How many decades has he been entertaining us, and you're going to go up to him, having willingly paid to see him, and have him write an autograph that says, thanks for the money, essentially? Thanks for the alimony. Oh, yeah, it's not funny. I wish I had stuck around because they were behind me. So I get up there and I'm starting to get nervous. Not nervous like, oh, it's a me. But in the car ride over from the cabin to the thing, I, I thought of, I finally, I said, that's it. That's it. That's the one. It's like George, you know, when he comes up with Jerk Store and then, uh, you know, he flies out to Akron to zing the guy. And it, you know, it was like like that's it. And I and I said I should record this or write it down so I don't forget it. And, uh, and I said, "There's no way I'm forgetting. It's so good. It's too good. I'm. This is perfect. If I have five seconds, I can get this out easily." Uh, <laughs> and so what happened was somewhere between that car ride and me waiting in line to get the autograph, I completely forgot whatever it was I said I was going to say. And I didn't write it down and I didn't record it. So I'm sitting there. Now I'm scrambling. I'm thinking, okay, I got maybe five seconds. Probably more like three seconds, maybe five seconds. If there's some real crazy thing, maybe I have 10 seconds. But I I have five seconds or less in all likelihood. And I'm trying to think of something and I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of landing on like just say something nice. Like just, you know. Just say, you know, I, uh, I just, I love your work. Thank you so much. Something generic that everybody says, but like, when you think about it, he probably, these guys probably hear less and less of that every year because more and more people want to be cute and clever and have a funny line. And he's heard it all. And if he hasn't, it's probably because it was so bad that only an idiot like you would have done that line. Or you know, so I'm, I'm just like, yeah, just be grateful. Just go up and. Uh, you know, just say thank you. You know, this was a just say thank you so much. This was such a memorable weekend. I really appreciate it. Thank you know, some simple, simple. 
But then his little Wrangler handler guys are standing there, and one of them's sitting next to Mr. Shatner, and the other one's standing up. And the guy standing up is taking the little red tickets, and the guy sitting down is taking the little post-it notes where one of the other guys uh, came around and, and wrote our name on a post-it note and gave it to us so we could give it to Shatner and so he could, you know, make the autograph out to to us. Um, so the guy who takes the red tickets, he's not taking the red ticket. But then the guy at the table is like waving me. It was like Christmas story. It was like Ralphie getting to the top of the stairs. Finally, the store is closing He's terrified that he's not going to get to see Santa. He's so wound up about, I got to get to Santa before this door closes. The devil, I need the Red Rider. And he finally gets up there, and the elves are spinning him around and pushing him. And they're like, come on, kid, get it, you know, all that shit. And he finally get, get him on Santa's lap, and he freaks out. And he's, he's like, I, my mind went blank. And, you know, what do you want for Christmas, little boy? And then he says, a football, instead of the Red Rider. And then he climbs back up the slide. You know, you've seen the movie. You know what happened. Anyway, uh, the sequel's really good, by the way. I, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. It's never going to even come close to the original, but it was it was very enjoyable. Uh, anyway, uh, catch my breath, catch my breath, catch my breath. Whew. Wow. Um, so what was I saying? Oh yeah, so it's like Ralphie in the fucking Christmas story because I'm I'm trying to think of the thing to say. Uh I'm I'm trying to hand my red ticket to the guy. He's not taking it. He's just pushing me towards the guy at the table who's like he's like come on, come on. Like that like I'm a little kid. I'm like I'm like I'm trying to give the ticket. I'm not do I'm you you I thought you had a system. I'm prepared for the system and the system is failing. Where does the red ticket go? And it was a whole I was just so like oh my god. And so I got up there, and I was just like, what am I supposed to say right now? And I completely, oh, my God, I completely couldn't uh, couldn't think of anything. So I got up there, and I was just like, I, just like he's a fucking, you know, cashier at a convenience store. I've come in to, like, get some beef jerky. I walked up, and I was like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, uh, he's, he goes, uh, good John and how are you because I had the post you know give the post and I was like oh that's so nice and I, I said and I just said great great something like that I was like great great and uh and then he signed the thing and I and, and then I found myself I was just staring at him and he's just staring at me and he's like we're both kind of saying the same thing I'm I'm, I'm sitting there like you got, is that all you got something else to say? Something like, come on, what you can say something to me. I'm I'm thinking and he's looking at me like, We're done here. Get the fuck out. And I just I just looked at him and he's staring back at me and I'm just like, I don't know. So I just I said, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now get the fuck out of here. Uh so <laughs> And that was that. I didn't even go and do the the, the tour because I, I did it already over the summer and I was so tired. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna I gotta sit through that again. I can't I can't take any more today. Uh yeah. But I'll tell you what every single person in line was doing, uh in in, in any of the, the autograph line or the photograph line or anything like that, everybody is doing the same thing. They're looking at the number of people in the Admirals Club line and they're trying to count and do a rough estimate and they're looking at it and they're saying, what do you, everybody, what do you think he's getting from this? And, you know, 
I, one person's like, <laughs> one person in one of the lines is like 40,000, 50,000. And another one's like half a million. And I think it's safe to say that somewhere in the middle lies the, the, the right number. I mean, geez, you've, I did a quick calculation and I think, uh, I mean, it had to be a, easily a few hundred thousand uh, just from the Admirals Club. And then probably double that amount because you had way more people doing the other packages. So, yeah. And there were there were packages in between the one that I had and the Admiral one. So, like, you know, and then on top of that, there's extras. You know, they had somebody there selling his book and all the other things. Like, And, and I'm sure, at least I would think, there's probably a little sweetener on top of that, too. There's, you know. There's, there's got to be some kind of, you know, agreed upon flat rate in the event that they sold like 10 tickets and he's still got to come out there. It's like, you know, he, dude, dude doesn't need money. He ain't getting out of bed, uh, <laughs> for, a, for a lesser rate than he's worth. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, if I were to guess, I'd say the number probably is closer to half a million that he was making just for that weekend. And who knows? Uh, so anyway, sorry, I got a, uh, I, I got these Fryhofer cookies. I always get them when I go to New York, you see. And uh, and I realized there's some cookies and cream ice cream. So, my God, a little sandwich. Mm, a little cookie sandwich. Healthy stuff. It's already 1 o'clock. I've done nothing today. Well, I mean, this is not nothing. This is a big something. It's a big deal, this podcast. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> I need some more of this delicious Sprite. Mm. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, so anyway, back to the, back to the story at hand here. So, well, so I just, I got up there and was just like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I just like, I couldn't, I, why didn't you just, the only thing like, whatever, I, mean, I, I should have just said it a little less uh jerky you know like hey mr hey mr shatner so great to meet you thank you so much that's it end of the thing you're welcome you're welcome then that's it <clears throat> but uh you know he has a really interesting and that was that was the end of the day i went uh i went to stewart's and got a disgusting italian sandwich and then went home and i watched the back to the cabin Put on a fire, put on the college uh, football games. Uh, except I did not get to watch USC and UCLA because the Trout House Lodge has DirecTV, <clears throat> and DirecTV, I guess, is currently uh, there's always some channel or some network. Uh, you know, it used to be Viacom all the time. They'd have uh, negotiations would break down, and then. Uh, you know, Dish Network will not be offering any CBS programming for this foreseeable future. Call this number, go to this website to complain. Like, oh, for God's sakes. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, and so that was, it was fun to relive that. They they had, the DirecTV had that issue with Fox or is having that issue with Fox. And the UCLA USC game was on Fox so I couldn't get to see that uh, high-scoring arcade game that uh, I wanted so badly to see. And figured I would be able to see it, but I didn't. But I watched, I uh, ordered the AEW pay-per-view on the iPad on Bleacher Report or whatever it is. And uh, that was a good pay-per-view. 
A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and I had some taffy, and then I went to bed uh, fairly early. And I got up the next day and showered and cleaned and packed and whatever and, and then hit the road. And that takes us to part two of this very long podcast. <laughs> I was going to do this. I was going to record this on the drive home last night. And I just thought I'm so uh, – I was enjoying the music that I was listening to so much that I just couldn't bring myself to do a podcast. <laughs> and I was I had – I was getting quite the headache too. Um, anyway – Sunday, I checked out, hit the road, and I headed out to uh, to a very good friend's house, Nate's house. Nate, Carrie, Steph, Joe, uh, also known as uh, Birthday Boy Podcast super fans. Although, very interesting, Carrie didn't know that we have a cat, which, hmm, well, that was about three months ago, so... One tends to wonder, mm, what's the expiration on superfan status uh, when so-called superfans don't even know that you have a cat? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I spent the day with, uh, you know, best friends. <laughs> Menage a trois, as we are known in many circles. <laughs> Uh, and we hung out and we watched the new Christmas story movie and uh and had a delicious lunch, which I didn't say thank you for. I need to I do need to reach out and say thank you for the delicious bagel sandwiches and uh, all whatever else uh cookies and all the other bullshit that that was was awesome. And that's all well and good. And the house looked good, it's all Christmassy, and the tree is up, everything's there, everything's looking great. <clears throat> and that's all nice. But really, the you know, the reason I'm there is to see my friends and to laugh with them and have fun, and it was just uh, that's that's what it was. The whole day was just like it's just like just nonstop laughter, and the kind that's like you know, there's exhausting laughter, which is where you might be like it's laughter at work that is not maybe real laughter sometimes, and I and I mean like. <sighs> I can't really say this because I, the last three times that I was at work, I spent the whole day laughing in a legitimate kind of way. But you know what I mean when you have like those workplaces where you just kind of like maybe for the boss's sake or whatever, you kind of have to, yeah. Uh, that's the exhausting laugh. This is the laughter that like gives me life, right? And I, I left and I'm tired, but I was just, I was so wide awake. I was just like amped up on the whole ride home, just reliving, uh, you know, all of Sunday with my friends and all the, all the different things that made me laugh. And of course, all the things that I, oh, I forgot to say this, or I meant to ask this and I didn't, oh shoot. And, uh, you know, all that, just great stuff. And, uh, <coughs> I called the wife just to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm two hours away, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was talking about the this William Shatner, uh, whatever, excerpt uh, from, from his book, talking about when he went up into space, you know, with, uh, with Bezos and all that shit. And it was talking about, you know... <sighs> Let me read it. This is this is from William Shatner's book, uh, 
boldly go. Reflections on a life of awe and wonder. Uh, so Shatner says uh, about space. Okay. I continued my self-guided tour. I'm not going to do his voice only. I continued my self-guided tour and turned my head to face the other direction, to stare into space. I love the mystery of the universe. I love all the questions that have come to us over thousands of years of exploration and hypothesis. Stars exploding years ago. I guess I can't help myself. The light traveling to us years later. Black holes absorbing energy. Satellites. Satellites showing satellites showing us entire galaxies and areas thought to be devoid of matter entirely. All of that has thrilled me for years. But when I looked in the opposite direction, into space, there was no mystery, no majestic awe to behold. All I saw was death. I saw a cold, dark, black emptiness. It was unlike any blackness you can see or feel on Earth. It was deep, enveloping, all-encompassing. I turned back toward the light of home. I could see the curvature of the Earth, the beige of the desert, the white of the clouds, and the blue of the sky. It was life, nurturing, sustaining life. Mother Earth, Gaia, and I was leaving her. Everything I had thought was wrong. Everything I expected to see was wrong. I had thought that going into space would be the ultimate catharsis of that connection I had been looking for between all living things. That being up there would be the next beautiful step to understand the harmony of the universe. In the film Contact, when Jodie Foster's character goes to space and looks out into the heavens, she lets out an astonished whisper. They should have sent a poet. I had a different experience because I discovered that the beauty isn't out there. It's down here with all of us. Leaving that behind made my connection to our tiny planet even more profound. It was among the strongest feelings of grief I have ever encountered. The contrast between the vicious coldness of space and the warm nurturing of Earth below filled me with overwhelming sadness. Every day we're confronted with the knowledge of further destruction of Earth at our hands. Extinction of animal species, of flora and fauna, things that took five billion years to evolve. And suddenly we'll never see them again because of the interference of mankind. It filled me with dread. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt like a funeral. I learned later that I was not alone in this feeling. It is called the overview effect and is not uncommon among astronauts, including Yuri Gargarin, Michael Collins, Sally Ride, and many others. Essentially, when someone travels to space and views Earth from orbit, a sense of the planet's fragility takes hold in an ineffable, instinctive manner. Author Frank White first coined the term in 1987. There are no borders or boundaries on our planet except those that we create in our minds or through human behaviors. All the ideas and concepts that divide us when we are on the surface begin to fade from orbit and the moon. The result is a shift in worldview and in identity. It can change the way we look at the planet, but also other things like countries, ethnicities, and religions. It can prompt an instant reevaluation of our shared harmony and a shift in focus to all the wonderful things we have in common instead of what makes us different. It reinforced tenfold my own view of the power of our beautiful, mysterious, collective human entanglement, and eventually it returned a feeling of hope to my heart. In this insignificance we share, we have one gift that other species perhaps do not. We are aware, not only of our insignificance, but the grandeur around us that makes us insignificant. That allows us perhaps a chance to rededicate ourselves to our planet, to each other, to life and love all around us, if we seize that chance. But I'm bum bum and I thought that was a really beautiful thing and very sad. And I, I understand what he's saying. And 
And it's funny, you know, as he's flying into space farther, farther away from Earth, and he's looking out into the blackness, and it's just as black as black. There's no, it's just black. And, um, and he's profoundly sad because everything's, everything's down there, and he, you know, there's a sadness. And I felt it was interesting because he had an expectation of it, and then he had different feelings altogether, and he realized some stuff, and he came to some awarenesses. And it was kind of interesting to me because on the way home, I was talking to my wife, and I said, you know, it's kind of uh, – I kept thinking about Shatner's thing of going into space and being sad because that was a you know life-changing experience that few get to have. And he had a totally different expectation of it, and it ended up being – not what he thought it would be. And I kind of felt, I didn't quite feel that way because the William Shatner thing was awesome and it was so great. It's probably going to end up being a once in a lifetime thing. I don't know how long the dude's going to be around, but, and I don't know when he's coming back, but either way, uh, it's, it's really, you know, how often can you drive way up into the mountains <laughs> of Ticonderoga and, uh, and just meet William Shatner as he's sitting in the friggin' captain's chair in the Enterprise. Uh, so that is truly an experience. And it was, you know, my sadness was like, it was a disappointment in myself. Not quite the same profundity, if you will, of, uh, of Shatner going into space and realizing the fragility of life. Uh, me going <laughs> to Ticonderoga and realizing the importance of writing a joke down that you could tell to Bill Shatner. But also it was kind of like I thought I was kind of sad because I thought, wow, I, I put a lot of thought and effort into trying to p potentially make somebody laugh who is essentially a complete stranger. Not that I haven't made strangers laugh before and enjoy doing so, but I, uh, you know, the trips out to the, to the New York area are few and far between, particularly during COVID and all that. And, uh, and it was, it was great to, to do it, but I thought, man, I, you know, on the one hand, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I'm going to treasure it forever, and it'll be a great thing to get this thing framed and have it, you know, in my, in my office. You know, I'll have one of those, like, wood offices at the Naughty Pine and all that, in a fireplace and a pipe, and I'll have a memorabilia, and that'll be, you know, one of the, one of the centerpieces of it all. And, uh, and so it's great. But, man, I, I left Sunday night to head home after spending uh, six or seven hours with two of my oldest and dearest friends and their spouses, who are also dear friends. And I was driving home, and all I could think about was the previous seven hours and how fun it was. And I, I was like, that's, that's so fun. It was so great. It was so fucking great and just relaxing and nice. And uh, it was, you know, I probably enjoyed myself a lot more knowing that I had to come home and uh, and get some sleep so I could take the kids to school in the morning and then come back home and do absolutely nothing for the rest of the day. Uh, so that always helps because I've had what should otherwise be fun social get-togethers and I'm no fun at all because I'm just thinking about you know, something else. My mind is elsewhere. That was the thing about this whole weekend, really, and particularly yesterday, was I, my as I continue to attempt to be present, you know, because my mind is always anywhere but where my body is. 
And I just was, you know, not even consciously telling myself, but just I, you know, a lot of times I'm focused on, you know, the ADHD thing and just the the me thing or just a social thing of wanting to, you know, bring something to the table in a conversation is that during a lot of conversations, I'm sitting there, you know, plotting out what, you know, a little quip I'm going to make or some funny little thing that I'm going to say next. And uh, that's the that's the thing about, you know, your your oldest standing friends uh, <laughs> who, whose roots go deeper than uh, whenever, your, whenever your funny bones started to sprout. So they were there like, you know, when we were all just like jerky little kids together. And, and obviously 30, 40, 35 years or so of knowing these people and being friends with them, I uh, nothing but comfort hanging out with them. And, you know, walking to their house and, uh, you know, whatever. If we, if we haven't seen each other in three months or three years, it's the same. So there was just, it was just a lot of, it was just nice, right? Like, you're just hanging out, you're relaxing, watching the Christmas story, uh, new thing, and uh, and having jokes and laughs and just great, great times. And, uh, you know, telling stories and all the usual bullshit that you do, Right. And uh, so that was kind of, there was a level of sadness of just like, man, because all I could think about, you know, when I was driving from the mountains to Nate's house, I was thinking like, oh, I, I'm this is going to be fun. Uh, and But I was, you know, I was just thinking about like, wow, yesterday was, I mean, meet William Shatner. It's, it's unbelievable. What, a, what an experience. What a great, by the time I left Nate's house, I, all I could think about was the previous seven hours. Like I said, I was just reliving that from the weekend. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then I was – so I was telling the wife on the way home. I said, man, I said I spent so much time trying to do something, like, clever or funny to to maybe, maybe get a, a, a slight chuckle out of a stranger who I paid a few hundred dollars to go see and uh, – and the thing that I'm remembering most is the is the Sunday portion that had nothing to do with any of that because that was the that was the real treasure, right? Like I, I man, I came away with a fucking autograph picture of me, my my picture of my stupid thumb, my stupid uh, anal probe thumb position, and my stupid non smile that's just a millisecond away from becoming maybe a smile, and my stiff arm. I'm like, but I've got this picture. Me and Bill Shatner <laughs> on the Enterprise. That's on it forever. Autographs. What else could you want? And it's great. And it's a treasure. And I love it. And I just so and I just said, you know, I'm frame it and all that stuff. And who knows if you know, we could all drop dead tomorrow, but Shatner's ninety two. He's gonna probably well, I don't know. He might drop dead before I do, but <laughs> I'm a I'm an old forty two. Uh <laughs> so anyways. Anyways, uh, burp, burp, burp. That, but that was I, I found like uh, somewhat of a parallel, if you will, uh, to Shatner's the thing that I just read about his set. He goes out. I'm gonna have this great uh, experience, a once in a lifetime experience, and I'm just gonna treasure it. And it's gonna be oh my god! I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm gonna think or feel, but it's gonna be amazing. And I'm going to come home and it's going to be like, that's all. And he went out there and was just, uh, you know, a tidal wave of sadness came over him. And and that's, a, and that's not what I, there was no, no sadness in the last, you know, three days whatsoever. But 
it was like, man, I, <laughs> I would have rather spent, uh, you know, this is a great thing and I'm going to keep it and have it forever. And I love it. And, uh, but man, the, the, the real treat, the real prize of the weekend was friendship. <laughs> it was fucking seriously though. It was like, I, there's no way to say something like that and not be a fucking stupid, cheesy asshole. But that's like, wow. Uh, I thought the William Shatner thing was going to be like, holy shit. And it was. That's the thing. Unlike Shatner going into space that was depressing in some way, this, the William Shatner experience met and exceeded my expectations. It was just the, you know, between that and the nice cabin that was nicer than I expected it to be and just, you know, everything about it, my delicious BLT, (laughs) it was all great. Excuse me. And, uh, and so, so contrary to William Shatner, who with sadness going up into space, and he felt differently than he thought. I felt exactly as I thought. I thought, wow, that was awesome. I had a great time meeting William Shatner. But the thing that I also, uh, there, I guess if there was anything that resembled sadness, it was heading home and saying, I had, I had a, such a perfect time with my friends that, shit, uh, here I was, you know, 90 minutes away from them this whole weekend and we could have we could have been doing this all all of Saturday too. Uh but that's but that's okay because that's the great thing. Uh we can just do it another time in the in a few weeks or a few months or whenever the next uh, opportunity but you know you what I was saying earlier about like can you believe we're on the, we're on the same planet at the same time as ice cream. We get to have ice cream. We were here after they invented ice cream. So we just get to keep enjoying ice cream forever. And uh, and similarly, I was driving home and I'm just thinking like, God, can you imagine? It's unbelievable in this big giant universe, in this big old galaxy of many galaxies, one of many galaxies, and, uh, and this big planet and all these places in all these times, and I got put on the planet at the same time with all these people who are very fun and uh, and uh, who I love and I love spending time with, and it's great. And that that the the sadness kicked in when I was talking to my wife, and I'm just like, I can't wait to get home and see you guys, and uh, and I just thought like, yeah, that was the shitty thing. The only shitty thing of this weekend was like, you know, it's cool to have a you know just have like a little cabin just to myself to kick back and you know do whatever and uh (laughs) you know have the tv on the my channels and all that fine but uh man i just uh you know i kept i kept imagining that my my kids and my wife were there and you know just hanging out and doing stuff and i said yeah so it's a very uh, I, I like I like you guys. I want to hang around with you guys. And then the same with my friends who I did get to spend the day with on Sunday. But it's kind of the opposite. Like I spent a day, two days away from my family and was very sad to be away from them. And I spent uh, one day with my best friends and was very sad that it was just one day and that the next one uh, will come. But you know, I don't know when. Uh, but I, I, but you know, that's the whole thing is I just felt, I felt great. I felt like at the, it was like, ah, that was like, what a weekend. What a great fucking week. I mean, you can't get everything you want, but I kind of got everything I want over the weekend. My, I guess my biggest problem is I just wanted more of it. I always want more of everything. I want it all. Uh, (laughs) um, so I, I, you know, 
I wanted. The first half of the weekend, I thought, oh, it would have been great to have more time with William Shatner to walk around the Star Trek tour and, like, have a conversation with him. Oh, that would have just made the... And then after I got to, you know, spent the day hanging out with my friends, I thought... No, I don't want to talk to William Shatner. I don't need to impress William. I don't care about impressing William Shatner. I don't care about making him laugh. I want, I want to make my friends laugh, and I want them to make me laugh. And I want to have a fucking fun time, and that's exactly what I had with those guys. And it's just like, yeah, can you can you believe that we were all, yeah, we all happened to be on this planet at the same time, and then we got to, we were in the same school and the same age and the same class and the same this. And then we're like, you know, best friends since forever and until forever. And it's like, wow, that's nice. And then I think about the same thing like, wow, I mean, you know, my uh, Kimmy on the same planet at the same time, working at the same toy store. <laughs> and and being the only person that I didn't like, and then all of a sudden, fast forward a few years later, boom! Nine years after our first encounter, almost to the day we're uh, we're we're getting married, uh, and it's just like wow, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a treat, isn't it? Just the whole thing, like if you have if you have people and you like them and they like you and you like spending time with them and they like spending time with you, that's like. That's the, again, there's no non-cheesy way to say it, but that's like, what else is there, you know? My God, I am, uh, you know, I'm appreciative of the fact that and I, I'm not doing this. I should do it. I could pick up the phone and I could call either one of my parents and they will pick, well, my mom would probably pick up. My dad is a hit or miss, but he's, <laughs> if he didn't pick up, he'd call me back. Like this. There's things that I, you know, again, the whole like living in the present, living in the moment, that kind of thing. And I, I tr you know, because sometimes I'll get, uh, I'll start to get kind of tied up in a, in a memory and think like, oh man, happier times. Or I'll, you know, think like, oh my God, I can't wait until, uh, you know, years from now, uh, whatever. This, this will happen. And I, I'm trying to not do that shit. I'm not trying to go in any direction. Um, well, I guess I'm going forward. I guess there's no, but you know, I, I'm just trying to, trying to really be present, really be in the moment. And I felt like I was all weekend, and that was kind of nice. And I, especially yesterday, hanging out with best friends, and just like you know, sometimes just taking a step back, and uh, <laughs> and just closing my mouth and letting the, you know, letting the conversation happen a little bit, and then jumping back in and and just but you know being quiet and observing and not not even thinking about what I'm going to say next just just letting it all breathe it was nice that's all i guess hey look thanksgiving's coming up so i guess there's this is a thanksgiving episode <laughs> cuz that's what i'm you know boy i i guess that's it i'm driving home last night and i'm thinking i just uh i just met a, a, an all-time entertainment legend uh and who knows how many more opportunities there would be for that and i how how lucky am i that you know 300 some odd bucks it ain't it ain't a lot of money and i'm uh, that's uh, how fortunate that i can you know do to be able to do something like that it's like simple things and to have a fucking transportation that can get me there that I know is going to get me there safely and get me home, not just safely, but quite comfortably too. Uh, 
and I'm and I you know after I get to meet this big TV legend and have this whole weekend in the beautiful mountains and snow covered this and the lake and all this just great stuff and uh and then and then to spend the second half of the weekend with the, like I I get to then I get to look forward it's like it was just like one more thing after another to look forward to it was so nice like all right the star trek shatner thing that's cool and then like oh I'm going to go see my like oh, that's really all I could think about was like I can't wait to see my friends and then I was there and I stayed <laughs> <laughs> several several hours past my my planned departure time because I couldn't even when I did leave I was like ah oh, I, I could probably still stay for another hour how bad could that be but then I you know it's other people have to do shit too not just so I <laughs> headed on out of there um but it was uh I just the time flew by because it was just so fun and enjoyable and uh and then and then on the ride home to be like I got to go to the Shatner thing, and then I, I got to look forward to that. And then from there, I got to look forward to seeing best friends and hanging out. And it, that exceeded expectations. Uh, it, a whole weekend of exceeds expectations. And then and then to have the weekend end and not be sad because, A, I'm thinking about, like, the next time that I'm going to get together with my friends. But also, B, is I'm heading in the, with every every passing second. Uh, I'm getting closer and closer to my wife and kids, and I absolutely can't wait to get home and see them. And and then I got home and I saw them, and then I uh, the youngest one who really fucking hates being hugged, uh, <laughs> at least by me. I boy, I grabbed hold of her because she was in a little wool like a bunny rabbit full, you know, pajamas thing. And oh my god, so sweet. And so cute, and I just uh, gave her a big squeeze. And same with the oldest one, who's not, you know, you know, not not, and they're not little kids, so it's not like they're just, you know, jumping up on our laps when we're on the couch, and you know, wanting to sit with us and snuggle and all that stuff. It's you know, we're we're past those times. Uh, so it was just like I just came in and yeah, big group hug, hug the wife, and kiss, and it's just like. Man, what the fuck else is there? Like, honestly, like, what the fuck else? I don't care. It was just one of those great times to just be like, I don't give a shit about anything else. I just, you know, I've got, like, the greatest friends ever. I've got the greatest family ever. Greatest wife ever. Greatest kids ever. It's just, like, that's it, man. It's, that's it. We're good. All set. Uh, But the money's nice, too. You know, the paychecks are good, but... <laughs> no, but it's, it's that's that's all you need, baby. And that's all I'm saying. Two hours and forty six minutes. What do you say we wrap it up? Are we good? Are we done? I could sit here and talk about my Sunday with my friends, uh, but it's just uh, you know, it's just too good, man. I will say one one thing was, uh, yeah, I, I got plenty of nice uh, comments and compliments on my. My new sneakers, they're, you know, I'm a few years behind on the trend, but like the all red, I love the all red sneakers, but I've never been a like a shoe guy or a cl- now I'm like buying shoes. I used to get a pair of shoes like once every decade, like every couple of presidents, <laughs> I would get a new pair of shoes and now I'm just buying like, Ooh, that's a nice pair of shoes. Anyway. Uh, and we were making some joke. We were, you know, we were just chatting. And, uh, oh, I was about to leave. 
And, uh, and, and Nate asked, hey, hey, you want me to go out and start your car for you? And I said, oh, no. there's no need for that, my good man. And I, you know, got the app and I'd start the car from the phone. <laughs> and then he goes, you're so bougie. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, bougie. Oh my God. That's not a word that, uh. That's not a word that is typically uh, used to describe me. So I thought that was hilarious. And then he goes, he made a lot of good points. So he goes, look at you, you got, you know, starting your car from your phone. You had the cool red sneakers. You got the ponytail. He's like, You're, you, you are Terry Silver from Karate Kid, from Cobra Kai. <laughs> I said, holy shit. Has this been happening? Uh, has this been happening the whole, the whole time? Um, anyways, have I been turning into, have I been turning into Terry Silver this whole time? Uh, (laughs) bougie. I love it. (laughs) I think it's funny because the measuring stick for me to be bougie is simply wearing, uh, clothing that's not 10 years old and has actually been washed sometime in the last six months. (laughs) so pre-bougie is uh me in the 90s wearing the same doors t-shirt five days in a row and the same dirty uh holy white sweatshirt hoodie sweatshirt uh five days and not showering for two weeks just to gross everybody out wearing the same shirt at the end of the school year in the summer and just turning it upside down and inside out and front ways and back ways and all that stuff just to just to make it look like it was a different shirt and also just to gross people out. And now I'm here like as an adult and occasionally I wear clothing uh, that adults wear. And I say, hey, you know what? That actually would be a nice item to own because uh, I've never spent money on clothing. I hated spending money on clothing. Only when I absolutely needed it. And then I would still go a few more months before I would get new clothing. And now I'm just like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to get some new some new clothes. I just, I love getting new clothing. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> so that's the difference. That's bougie is just like, oh, he, sh- he bathes now. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. If it isn't Mr. Upper Crust taking showers on a regular basis and changing his undies. Boy, oh boy. Talk about bougie. <laughs> Right here on the Bougie Boy podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so before we left, luckily Shimo had a great idea because it was one of those days where you're having so much fun you don't even think about uh, you know taking a picture or anything like that. So I didn't really, I didn't get any pictures of of friends or anything. You know, I think I took a picture of the Christmas tree because it looked gorgeous, and I took a video of five seconds of their cat. Uh, drinking out of a glass of water uh, that was Carrie's water. Uh, you know, that was it. And so Joe said, hey, let's take a picture by the old Christmas tree. And we did. And uh, it was great, except I'm wearing my driving gloves, which, as Nate said, looks like a, a hitman, you know, somebody who's going to, like, strangle somebody as part of a part of a job, part of a hit. Um, and I jokingly said, well, should I leave them on or take them off for the picture? And he's like, no, leave them on. I'm like, okay. But now I just look – I look like an insane person because they're both in regular clothing with no with no stupid uh, strangulation gloves on. And then I'm, I'm there looking like I'm, you know, 
headed to like cover up the crime scene or something. And uh, <laughs> they took the pictures and they all came out great. Uh, Stephanie took the pictures and, uh, and then I looked and I said, oh, these are great. And I said, you know, can we do this again? Because I see that my red sneakers were cut off because uh, I was standing behind the whatever, the coffee table or the ottoman or something. And I said, can we do this again? <laughs> and so, yeah, sure. And so all of a sudden, Nate bends down and he's grabbing my left leg. And then Joe follows suit and he bends down and grabs my right leg. So they're both holding me up so that my sneakers, <laughs> my sneakers are sticking right in right towards the camera. So we've got a few uh, what I think are really hilarious pictures of of the two of them holding me up, uh, which, boy, these there must be some strong dudes. Uh, <laughs> and my big, my big dopey red sneakers sticking right in the, right in the camera. Oh my God. It was, it was a great weekend. Just a fucking great weekend. So I'm thankful on this, uh, almost Thanksgiving in a few days on this Thanksgiving Monday. What is it? This is the 21st. So technically on some years, the 22nd would be Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving can be as early as November 22nd. So, uh, but either way, it's it's the it's the giving thanks time of the year, and uh, I I'm just thankful that, that almost that almost sounds like Shatner too. It's a Thanksgiving time of the year, or in Canada, Thursday. I could drive up to Montreal and it's just Thursday. Uh, anyways, um, whew, taffy taffy, gonna lie down. Uh, so that's it. It was a fabulous weekend. It was fucking unbelievable. It was great. Uh, yeah. And just similar to Shatner going into space, I had a, yeah, it was a, there was a sadness and it was, the only sadness was just, I wish time could just stand still so you could just have days like I had yesterday with my friends, you know, all the time. And with, uh, you know, the kids could just, just keep them frozen at this age for just a little extra time and all that stuff but yeah it's good it's good stuff man uh hopefully this uh hopefully you found this to be the most inspirational episode of the bougie boy podcast that has ever been uh produced but uh with that said this is the end of a very long episode of the bougie boy podcast maybe i'll change the name maybe that's just a new podcast i'll talk about like the latest fashion trends bougie shit you know what's uh you know what's your favorite uh what's your what's your favorite luxury car with uh ambient lighting (laughs) oh my god what's your favorite hotel uh bathrobe mine's motel six it's uh it's just a couple towels i tie around my arms and legs all right I gotta go. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Right here.